Welcome to the Cult of Comics Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Brown. That's Sean Walsh, Josh Craven. How's it going, boys? It's going good. In and out. 20-minute adventure. Go faster. Now, next, we do comic, comic book, go read, we fast. Your hair looks next great, time. Josh. Thank you very much. I do what I can with it. That's Wonder it, Twin Powers. Boys. Activate. Activate. <laughs> Form of a father figure. Form of... Why is it not working? <laughs> Why isn't it working? No. Form of Megan. It's always got to be a form of water. I, th- I think there's just a water. A bucket of water. And there, yeah, then there's steam, and then there's snow <clears throat> and ice. I think that's the th- that's about the four that you He have. really does choose, like, the worst shapes. Meanwhile, she chooses, like, animals, and she's like, I'm a leopard, and he's like, I'm a mop. A bucket of water. I'm a... He says bring a bucket and a mop. <laughs> For this wet-ass pussy. <laughs> Uh, I like that. All right, well, uh, so we're doing this on a Monday uh, because yesterday we kind of got caught up doing a She-Hulk episode by accident. <laughs> the accidental She-Hulk episode, yeah. And uh, we're going to talk about the comic books we read this week. So we're going to start off with uh, GCPD, The Blue Wall Number 1 by John Ridley and Stefano Raphael, which yes. is a surprising, uh, not not necessarily surprising because it's written by John Ridley, so I kind of expected it to be good, but... Lately, he's been kind of having some hits or misses. Uh, if I, you know what I mean. Um, I didn't really like his next Batman stuff. Yeah, it wasn't like that exciting, but at least it was like mildly interesting. It just this is. I feel like with some consistency, it could have been good, but they kept trying to push it, and then they backed out, and it was just such a mess of direction for the character. Mm. More than. Yeah. Who is the character in Batman next? Um, his name is Jace. Jace. Fox. Yeah. Oh, Jay. Okay, that was the one with Jace Fox. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which honestly, I, I don't really have like, the title. Yeah. So next Batman was the else. Future State thing. Okay. And where he was already established as Batman, and then you get his origin. There was the next Batman, Second Son, and then I Am Batman. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But they and keep I am like. Batman. Yeah, because of the way DC's been fluctuating, they were like, he's going to be the main Batman going forward. No, he's not. He, he might be. No, he's not. I don't even think it's like that. I, I think that it would be inaccurate to say that he they were trying to push him to be the new Batman moving forward. Um, they just knew no, they, they were. wanted. I, I'm pretty sure they were, just from the start of Future State. Like, mm, who yeah, else was Jim, it going to be? Because especially since he was the Batman of Future State. But as well, yes. Jim Lee was like, oh, start, like we've got a miniseries coming from John Ridley and Nick Darrington that's going to change the DC universe. Yeah, but they yeah. said that about everything. Yeah, but then like he proceeded, like, yeah. I feel like there was a lot of editorial interference with the direction of that character. There always And John is. Ridley's just in a mosh pit of editorial at the yeah. minute, trying to write well, the best he can. Okay, just talking about the, the future state stuff, uh, Son of Kal-El... Uh, has got is going what 15 16 issues uh 15 issues and then the final three up to 18 are going to be a crossover yeah so he's got 18 so it's going to be 18 the, uh yara floor wonder girl got all of six issues i think was it even that much that just got I think it was so delayed and yep uh so you said jace as batman had basically three series um, there would be four Future State issues, and then Second Son was maybe four or six. 
Okay. And then I feel like I am Batman's on like issue fifteen or sixteen at the minute. Okay. And what about the second son? Was that you said that was him as well? I feel like that got around four or six issues. I don't okay. think that was Benny. So he's kind of like the most <clears throat> successful character out of the bunch so far. But I feel like no one's reading that book. <laughs> okay. But uh you got you also had the Aquaman series. Yes, which was wasn't that like, good. Yeah. Uh, what about Flash or Green Lantern? Uh, Jess Quick has not shown up at all. Yeah, we don't Who's even know if that's a real character at this point. <laughs> yeah, the non-binary Flash hasn't shown up at all in continuity. Yeah. Okay. Um, who was the oh, Future right, State Green it Lantern? Was, it was uh, Aqua Girl. Uh, Future State the... Green Lantern was Sojourner Mullane. Oh, yeah, well she had her 12-issue miniseries in Far Sector and she popped up throughout the Green Lantern In run. the recent one, yeah, which for yeah. I, I really don't understand still because it did not make any sense. I thought that, you know what, never mind, we're getting off track. Anyways, GCPD, um, yeah, Blue and, No, one more thing I had to say was, um, yeah, In Andy, out, Curry, Andy Curry has now been adventure. born, but she is a infant, so it'll be a while okay. until she's Just a child. Aqua Girl. Yeah. She's going to get thrown into the future and then She told me she years. was 12. Jesus Christ, Jerry. All right. <laughs> GC, so this is GCPD year one. The blue wall. Y yeah. The blue wall. With yeah, so this is... Montoya as a beat cop. No, Montoya is now the commissioner. This is set in the oh, main universe. Okay, yeah. I just kind of skimmed through it. I didn't read it. No, so Montoya is the commissioner, and then it's showing three new graduates of the police academy who are now... Mm -hmm. Starting their own beat and yeah, okay, yeah, and we're getting to see them in their sort of day to day life. Okay. This was I, I kind of misinterpreted what was going on. I thought some of this was like a uh, flashback, flashback to her, her as a beat cop. No, she's like okay. at the top trying to keep everything together okay. and trying to, yeah, she's a very the way they handled her character. She's kind of reluctant to change. She's like, this is just the way it is. She's kind of, a, I don't want to say set in her ways, but she's someone who the system has put down so many times that she stopped trying, she stopped caring. Yeah. Well, and then you have this new um, police officer, Officer Park. I can't remember her yeah. first name. Is it Grace Park? Um, I think that that's what it was. But Yeah. And I mean, she's it, it, kind of this optimistic new yeah. recruit who wants to come in and like be better make big changes and make change, like the whole system better she has, has and, big hopes to make a big impact on yeah uh really just reforming a lot of the issues that everybody already knows about yeah but and montoya's, montoya's sort of things through the lens of like eh, good luck yeah but montoya isn't a game change she's like try and keep this no. attitude kid like this we need people like you mm -hmm. um, I mean, but yeah yes, these can I, ju I just would like to say, yeah. I think that the reason why it's a good choice to do Montoya is because she's a character in the intersection. You know, she's she's gay and she's oh, a person that. of color. Yeah, Renee Montoya? He's not a DC guy, Tyler. Get the fuck I out. Never, I never picked that up. I don't think I've seen anything or read anything where that Look, was. Look, you are a man... Was and she, then therefore, you was should it? be immediately into the fact that Renee Montoya, the question, was all up in Batwoman's business. I was going to say Batwoman. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, Greg Rucker was going to have them get married, and then Didio pulled the rug from under his feet. And 
Because Didio strikes again. Didio strikes again. This is, that was part of the reason why Rucker left DC for six or seven years. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a good thing the question has options, you know. Well, she hasn't really gone after anybody since, and I think the last time that we saw her, even as the question <clears> was in Lois Lane. Okay. Yeah, I think that's it. And even then, that was Rucker again. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we have Officer Park, we have Officer Ortega, and mm-hmm. I don't remember, I'm the, third remember one. the third one. Wells, it will be somewhere. Wells. Wells sounds right. Yeah, Samantha Park was the name of the other one, and okay. Yeah, uh, from from what I gather, this seems to be kind of like a uh, kind of the British style of comedy, where it's like you know I, she's. Montoya's narrating a lot of this. There's a dialogue from her basically the whole way through. And uh, she's like, you know, everything's going to turn out great. Everything seems to be going fine. I feel lucky. And then at the very end, British comedy style, everything just kind of goes to shit. (laughs) Are you talking about GCPD or the Conservative Party? (laughs) Yes. Yeah, no. But it's uh, that's the the difference between the British style of comedy and American style of comedy. I don't know if you guys have yeah. heard about that. Where British stuff, it's all going great, and then at the end everything's shit, and we're back to square one. Whereas for American comedy, everything's going horrible, and then everything turns around and goes great at the end, but we're still back basically at square one. Mm-hmm. Like we got to keep the status quo, but it's are we going down and back up, or are we going up and back down, sort of thing. Is it a sign or is it a cosine? You're welcome. <laughs> you know what? Um, just the fact that you were like, I had to think about that. Fuck you, Tyler. That's that's what no, your face was. No, it's not that like. I had to think about it. I just have nothing to respond to this except because it was the voice. The I just have, I just have contempt for you right now. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about these three new characters. So Officer Park has been given her beat is a more touristy area. And throughout the issue, she encounters a potential suspect and she thinks he's going to pull a gun, but she doesn't shoot him. And the PR person in the GCP decides to roll with the story and be like, look, our people don't shoot unarmed black males. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, Montoya hates this decision. Officer Park doesn't feel comfortable with it. But yeah, I think it's, it's being very meta about the current situation of the police in America and the backlash, and it's very self-aware of that. It is. Um, uh, it, I, I think that it would be important to maybe explain a little bit of the setup uh, prior to that, just a little bit. Go for it. Um, there is I read a this scene... six days ago, so... Fair enough. The details are so, a little hazy. No, 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 you, you've, you're, hitting the, you're hitting the nail on the head. I guess I just wanted to add that <clears throat> with the introduction to that being the main plot, there's a lot of... Uh, inner struggle, I guess I would say, between with uh, Montoya because she's seeing the youth kind of come into the foray, and then she's seeing herself in them, but also taking on the role of a leader and dealing with her demons. In this case, it's you know battling her alcoholism still, uh, and is trying to figure out what to do with that. Uh, at one point, she runs into Two Face at the uh, academy during the graduation, and that brings her right back to. 
wanting to drink, wanting to start going back to old habits. Was and that actually kinda, Two-Face? Uh, I don't think so. I think it was just Benny. Yeah. I think it was the guy's name, but... Um, no, that wasn't it Benny. It was... Oh, no, I'm sorry. Benny is her Benny's brother. her brother, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even if it was, like, Harvey yeah. Dent, just without the, the face... The thing was, she's, she's seeing ghosts, and she's feeling like the eyes are on her, and the pressure's yeah, on. Yeah, that's... That scene where she's looking around and everybody's got red eyes and red mouth. Love yeah. that scene. Um, I think I'm a little... I'm just curious about where this is taking, like, time-wise taking place because of what's going on in Detective Comics. It's not important, necessarily. It's more just curiosity. What's going on in Detective Comics? Remember what happened with Two-Face? Yeah, but we just said that's not Two-Face. I'm just saying that if it's this is within the main timeline, then Two Face has got his face still all burnt and fuckily, but yeah. he's like wearing a mask and whatever. So, if this is like current timeline, it would just be a hallucination. It's not during that period where he had his face completely reconstructed. Yeah. So why definitely. why do they call this GCPD Year One? Like I thought. It's not called Year be... One, Josh. It's GCPD it's the Blue, Blue Wall. Wall. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's not year one. You're no, thinking like of Gotham the City GC... year one. Yeah, Gotham City year one, which has not come out yet. Oh. It has come out yet. We've spoken about it. The TV the show. Tom King book. Yes, that's it. <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> you know I what it is? I feel like I'm taking crazy sorry. pills. I know Sean, what it is. Sean, I know what the it is. drugs are kicking in. They're yes. making you weird. Come I know what I know what the issue is. It's because Blue Wall... And Gotham City Year One, it kind of feels like the titles should be indicating something else. But when you actually look at the substance, it's like, no, that actually fits. Do you so, feel like there is a blue wall in this comic? Yes, immensely. A literal one or a metaphorical one? Metaphorical. It's a, it's a blue wall instead of a thin blue line. So the thin blue line comment is something that's been passed around for a, a while, but the blue wall is actually older than the mm. thin blue line. So the blue okay. wall concept is the idea that you are not going to speak against your uh, oh, fellow yeah. police officers in the departments, in other departments, because it's basically the idea of you're going to back the Stone blue wall. Exactly. And if anybody tries to break that, you're going to stand firm. Mm-hmm. And in actuality, that is the downfall of a lot of the major issues that are happening within the police systems across the world anyways but with this one in specific this is highlighting the the way in which this the decision for reinforcement this idea that you cannot be anything but a cop does kind of remove your identity as a person with an individual free will because you're being pressured into supporting the the tribe you're pressured into going against your own morals because these are your brothers and sisters that are going to probably die for you at some point so it's a question of am i willing to bend my own morals in order to not only take care of myself in the future but also my other peers and that's where the issue is is because because there is that lot, that line between citizen and cop, it does create a serious imbalance. So that's the entire thing of what this is being, what is being highlighted here, as Sean had pointed out with the uh, PR stunt that's being pulled right now. Yeah. So going back to that, 
she gets all this claim. She gets like a medal from the city mm-hmm. for being like, you're a hero. You didn't shoot an innocent man. And then she tells her friends that she didn't not fire her gun. She froze. Mm-hmm. And then it just yeah. happened to be the guy didn't have a gun. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, she's kind of dealing with that and coming to terms with like, what if I freeze for real one time and shit's going to go wrong. Yeah, and then I'll just focus quickly on the other two officers. So Officer Ortega has been given the toughest beat in all of Gotham, and he's kind of he seems a bit cocky. He's like, yeah, like I'm going to clean up the streets, kind of thing. Um, so far, his character hasn't had too much depth, but that's kind of the vibe I get from him. Mm-hmm. Do you agree, Tyler? Yeah, and. Uh... No, I actually wouldn't add on to it. I think that that's about accurate. Yeah. And then Officer Wells is a probation officer. Mm-hmm. So he's going, checking in with all these people, and he's giving all these inspirational speeches, and he's like, crime is a choice, and you can choose better, kind of thing. He's a very optimistic person. He has faith in people. And I feel like... Oh, also, officer, going back to Officer Ortega with the tough beat, on his first day he shows up early and gets kind of shut down by his supervisors. Like, why the hell are you here early, kid? Mm-hmm. Sit down. Half hour early, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and going back to Wells, sorry, I'm jumping back and forth. Officer Wells, we get the scene of him sat in an apartment with one of his probation people. And he's, like, giving him the inspirational speech, and he meets his pregnant girlfriend, and... Yeah. So I feel like, with Officer Wells, with his probation people, I feel like something's going to come of that where he's like, oh, people are shit. Mm-hmm. He's like, I try to be optimistic, I try to be hopeful, but these people threw it back in my face. This is... and. Very much the story of breaking down the best parts yeah. of our of our characters. These these people are all very naive. We're seeing them at their freshest day when before the system has taken its really? hold of them. Yeah. yeah. Well, Park's freezing of uh, pulling her gun out and then almost shooting the uh, young black man. The way that Wells is being forced to interact with people who just consistently are treating him poorly. Ortega is trying to... I mean, at one point he says, you're either early or you're late. So it's just a, it should just be that way. So when he shows up a half hour earlier and has <clears> it thrown back in his face, when he's just trying to do good and then gets called a beaner, you know, it's yeah. it's a lot of this hope and belief that this system not even just the system that there is good that the system is good that people are good but the problem is that when you are put into this kind of position it's that removal like i said from other parts of humanity you're going to start getting treated differently and that's the thing that breaks them down i think that they would have some inclination or knowledge about this from being at the academy well it's like the academy it's not the same thing you know but I feel like these characters are going to go on a journey through this series. Um, I feel like they all got into policing for the right reason. And they've it come in like with Montoya's this... like going to go through one as well. Yeah. But they've all come in wanting to change things for the better. 
And Tyler, you have read Omega Men, correct? Yes. In that, you remember the journey that the side characters went on, where you look at the leader of the Resistance, how he had never killed a man. But Mm -hmm. then, after they got power and won the war, he would execute people to keep his own power. And they all... Mm -hmm. They started off as one thing, and then by the end, they were this bastardised, corrupt version of themselves. Yeah. I feel like these characters here are going to go on a similar journey, where by the end, they're a shell of their former self... I feel like some will make it through, some will not. Look to the person yeah. to your left. Look into the person to your right. <clears throat> one of you will not make it. Yeah. The thing about doing a story like this is it's already a bit of a challenge to do a. If this was just a general crime cop story, it would be really hard to sell. But I think it makes sense to put it in Gotham because that way you're able to tell this story <clears throat> and make it more palatable because i feel like this is a powerful story for dc to publish absolutely i think that this is another example of of dc taking risks yeah a lot of publishers could be scared of like going off the police or portraying them in a bad light Mm -hmm. but i don't think this is necessarily portraying them in a bad light like some of the old ones do have a very ambivalent attitude towards stopping crime like (laughs) parks mentor is like, we just arrest them, we let the Justice Department deal with whether they're guilty or not. I would and... make a comparison of this to The Wire uh, in the way that the characters are written specifically, not necessarily the plot, but I <clears throat> I think that characterizing the police in a very human light, the fact that they are flawed, that they aren't just figures that suddenly get put in blue with a gun and then suddenly they know what to do, which is a very childish mentality anyways the characters in the wire are all like alcoholics they're cheating on their partners they're using their authority to get away with having sex with a hooker on top of a car you know it's a lot of skimming the uh or skirting the moral kind of code and the idea there so I am seeing a lot of that with this, but I, th- I don't think the story would work as well if it wasn't for these three new characters, these new young characters, you know, because realistically, we're not just experiencing what they're uh, struggling with. We're experiencing their shift in perspective and we're yeah. going on that journey with them. And I think that I makes think a lot it's going to be a very interesting journey. But then we get to the big ending, which is once again, Park's on her beat and they hear a gunshot the owner of a store like stumbles out of the door bleeding, covered in blood, and Park takes off after the gunman. She's like to her mentor, she's like, You look after him, I'm taking that guy down. And then she runs after him, she sees him pull his gun, and she freezes again. Mm-hmm. And she like we see her patting herself up and down, she's like, I'm I should be dead. I am so fucking lucky right now. Oh, and then okay. she turns around and yeah, and then she turns around and sees someone else has been shot by the bullet that should hit her. Yeah. Not just any kid. It's a kid that Wells has actually interacted with earlier at a basketball court. Oh, is it? Oh, was yep. it that one? Yep. So that same person that Wells was trying to give the benefit of the doubt, the one that was trying to make a connection with, ended up being the one that does a great deal of harm. Oh, I thought you said the one who got shot was... Yeah, I see it yeah, now, scrolling back through. I yeah. thought it was a kid that got shot. Something that... I have a complaint about the art in this scene. Yeah, it's kind of loose. 
no, there's one serious thing. I was very confused when I read that final page because we see the shop owner stumble out of the store covered in blood and he is mm-hmm. wearing a yellow t-shirt and he is a... Yeah. He is a what? He doesn't want to say black. man, but I realised potentially the person on the second page isn't black. They, The colour palette's just a bit darker on them. But the it, I don't think it's not the shot, same person. No, but they're wearing the same fucking outfit. They're both wearing yellow t-shirts. So I was like, <laughs> so I was like, has this guy just been shot twice? <laughs> that would suck. Yeah, that'd be really unlucky. Um, Poor fuck. Yeah, I just found that a bit weird, and that they had given the same color schemes. I'm and going then, back to look at it again. Oh yeah, that's just a kid. And then earlier on in the issue, when Montoya is giving the medal to Park, Park's narration says, thank God I'm wearing gloves so that Montoya's, Montoya can't feel my sweaty hands. It does and look in the, in like the, arc, the same tie. Not, yeah, and in the art, she's not wearing gloves. Hmm. So there's weird. a few just weird little art discrepancies here and there. The art looks good, oh. the faces are expressive, but there's just little details here or there that yeah 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 you overlooked you know what now that i'm seeing it it does look like the first guy to get shot was an older young black man and then the other one was like a hispanic kid or something yeah i thought the second one was black because you see him from far away and the color palette's a little darker yeah that was a uh poor choice on the colorist's yeah. side um Regardless, I mean, I, I definitely agree that there's a lot to be... This, I, I'm a little... I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but I definitely can see John Ridley kind of like... Oh, this. and this... Well, this is only a six-issue mini, so I don't see how he has time to... To shit the bed? Yeah. Um, but this... One thing I want to mention is this issue has the same disclaimer at the beginning that the Gotham City Year One did. I think it's because of it contains the language of racially offensive nature, it may not be suitable for all age groups its inclusion is intentional to highlight the fact that language of this type was frequently used I am really tired of seeing trigger warnings like that, it's exhausting like you shouldn't be made to feel comfortable when it comes to something like that it's uncomfortable, you shouldn't be comfortable with it I get that there are people who are going to suffer from that language but the second you start trying to build a pillow fort around it, the the less severe of an impact that it is. I it's uh, it's not like somebody's going to open this and then see that and then be like, "Well, I'm not reading this." Saying, I feel like it's okay to have that. I mean, uh, it's just a different type of foreshadowing of what's to come. I mean, if you go into a movie not expecting it to be a horror movie and find out it's a horror movie, I mean, maybe you'd be upset about that. Uh, but it's just giving you an idea of what you're in for. I mean, Let me put it this way. Of... If, um, if I went into... I guess so. It lets you know hours... that it's a serious comic. It's not your typical superhero pulpy fight scenes. Yes, but again, like you should be shocked and disturbed and frustrated. And you should but feel all maybe of those this negative is more emotions. For parents so they don't give it to kids. No, I don't think so. Because at this point, you know, trigger warnings are pretty much everywhere these days. Don't get me wrong, trigger warnings are good. Like, I want to see them for, you know, rape scenes or, uh, I don't know, 127 hours was what I was going to say before. Like, that whole sequence is pretty disturbing. And if you go into it not knowing what that is and then you just get thrown off by it, 
you know, I could see being frustrated with that. But this is not, racially sensitive language is not something that should be like, hey, careful, if you got your feelings hurt by racially, everyone should be offended by racially insensitive language. That's the point. Yeah. End rant. Yeah. Um, one small complaint I have here is this does a lot of that narration style where it will start something on the previous page at the end of a scene and then carry on in the next page or end a scene and have the narration carry on into the next scene. And it just seems to do it at every scene. More or less. Mm-hmm. I, know, I was just noticing a lot through this issue and it felt a little strange. Like, once or twice it can be done for effect to, like, lead on to something. But it just felt a bit overused here. I feel like they did a better job here than most of the other writers when it comes to using that storytelling device. I feel like I will often see, like, the panel that has, like, a dot, dot, dot at the end of a page and then it carries on to the next page at the very top of the first panel. I always thought that he was the one, dot, 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 next page. What, but that's I discovered what they did I here. was the one. But the, in most other books, I see it with literally every other page. Meanwhile, with this one, I've only seen it like once. Uh, how many pages do it on this? It's like one, 23? Two. Three. Four. Oh my god, he's really counting. <laughs> Five. Six. Riveting. Seven. Mm. At least seven pages have this out of... It's a 22-page issue. Mm -hmm. And seven pages have it either follow on or start on a different page. Anyway, anything else you want to add? Um, no, I mean, I'm excited for it. Yeah, you'll be checking out the rest of the issues? Yeah, definitely. Yes. What are you going to rate it? I really liked it, so I think I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I'm going to give it an 8.75. I respect that. That's fine. I think it was very good. I think the later issues, when some of the more heavy-hitting parts take place, I feel like it can reach the 9s. But, no, it was an extremely solid first issue. Yeah. I, um... Like I said before, I am cautiously optimistic at this point just because I want to go into this with high hopes, basically. I and, feel like John uh, Ridley's Batman stuff was really, as I said, like he didn't know what was going on with that character and he was having to work around this ever-changing DC universe. I mean, I have less of an issue with that as I do with the... Lack of consistency, I think, with some of his strong content. Like, I really enjoyed what I saw with the other history of the DC universe, and then I just kind of fell off. And maybe that's more of like a me issue than it is a him mm -hmm. issue. But I have caught myself sometime before being like, oh, this is not Ridley's best work, and I feel like he could have done better here. And, you know, again, that might just be me. I'm, I'm open that to that just being a me issue. Yeah. Uh, I know we don't have it on the list here, but since it came out the same week, I was wondering if you guys wanted to talk about uh, Penguin, One Bad Day, because that's also by John Ridley. Yeah, we can talk about that, if Tyler read it. Just, just a little bit. I said I did. It's... Oh, good. Yeah. 
Did okay. you, you didn't read it, did you, Josh? I read it. Oh. Mm. You said yesterday you weren't going to bother. <laughs> uh, yeah, but then you guys wanted to talk about it, so. Yeah, okay. You asked Tyler about it, so I've been um, reading it, yeah. Yeah, so Penguin one ba- uh, Batman One Bad Day, Penguin number one by John Ridley and art by Giuseppe Camoncoli. His name very too much, long. very much art by Giuseppe Camoncoli. Yes. The Giuseppe of all, of of all the Giuseppe Camoncoli art, this is it. It's been this a very, very Italian week, and uh, I'm not fond of it. So, oh yeah, yeah. This, right. This issue... Tyler hates Italians. Listen, yeah. I'm not afraid to say I'm, I'm afraid of. I'm about to go folk. get my breadsticks and start eating them. Don't fucking do it. <laughs> um, Don't make me eat the breadsticks, Tyler. Listen, have you seen The Godfather? That's a based on a true story. Yeah, but also there was, uh, shit. The Sopranos. No, uh, the Martin, not Martin Short, Steve Martin film. Oh. No, the Steve Martin film. The Jerk? No. (laughs) 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 The... This is not landing the way you wanted it to. I am so sorry. Uh, give me one more second. I need one more try <laughs> Some, at this. Someone says something. Josh My Blue Heaven. I knew, that, I, knew that, I knew the color blue was in the name. No, it's a movie called My Blue Heaven, which is the same story as Godfather, but turned into a comedy. My Blue Heaven? Yes. I've never heard of that, and I've seen a lot of Steve Martin films. Yeah. Well, go check it out because it's uh, it's weird. It's it's not one. I don't think it's one of his best films. No, his best film is The Jerk. Probably, yeah. I grew up a poor black man. My, oh, my wow, Blue Heaven still has a six point two rating. Uh, it's a nineteen ninety film, so it's weird. It's got Rick Moranis, you... Joan Cusack, Carol Kane. It's got a great cast. It's just... did you call him Rick assumed... Moranis? Moranis. He just wanted to say anus with his name. He That's did. why. Sorry, he said that. I I went I went full Canadian there, eh? Rick Moranis. <laughs> I hate you so much. Anyway, yeah, I, I'm not used to seeing Steve Martin not gray. Yeah, that's a little yeah. weird. Looks very fake. Young yeah. Steve oh, Martin reminds me a bit of Morrissey. I could see it. <laughs> if Morrissey, you know, was, was funny and wasn't a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> um. Yeah. So Sorry, this penguin issue is. It's set after Penguin's empire has fallen and he has been shunned have, from Gotham City. I have no idea who Umbrella Man is. No, he's, he's the, the new character for this. Umbrella. Yeah. Why are you yeah. so confused by everything that you read with this? I swear to God. <laughs> I, who is I this? When did that I happen? What is this happening? I haven't read Here's this a solution, comic. Josh. I, Just read like, DC. Read so this, everything. this character at the beginning... Abandon my wife and children and read everything. Yes. So this, this character at the beginning who Penguin buys the gun off of... Who's he? He's a nobody. I fucking hate you. You made me get. You made me get, run it right into that joke. Okay. I hate um, you so much. Yeah. So this so, issue is dealing with addition, Penguin returning to Gotham City after being forced some out. untold amount of time. Yeah. And, and he is about to reclaim his empire. Yeah. He's he's working his way up the the food chain, and he's it's like that... he's got these he's got delusions of grandeur, some sort of megalomania. Like, he's just deranged. He's, like, back, like, rose-colored... Back in the saddle again. He's got rose-colored monocles, because uh, he's funny. just, back in my day, I ran this city, and crime had meaning, and we were all fancy as fuck, 
and now this umbrella man doesn't care where his money comes from whether it's drugs or pimping or you know violence you you know that online challenge where someone will have like a jar of sand and then they'll trade it for something and then trade that for something oh yeah until they traded the paper clip up to uh lamborghini or something exactly that's this issue because penguins on like his last 20 dollars and he basically uses that to (laughs) like yeah he uses that to buy a gun and then like every step of the way he's like getting more and more power and losing a little bit he he lost you know a little bit of this a little bit of that he a uh you know stripper uh not a stripper prostitute runs away with five of his ten dollars he uses the other five to basically buy his other henchmen back but he's just got this illusion of grandeur where he's like, I treated you right. No, you didn't. You were shit to us. Every step of the way, he's just got this, like I said, delusions of grandeur where he's like, I was so yeah. good to you. No, you weren't. You, you abandoned me as soon as you got with the pretty people. There's yeah. kind of like it, that saying just... of, um, say what you will about Mussolini, but at least the trains ran on time. Jesus. Like, yeah, Penguin was shit, but he kept order. Well, he's he's rewriting his whole story here. Yeah. For a lot of what's going on. Because he says, like, yes, he fun- like he gave supplies to Joker, but it was never enough to take Batman down. It was just enough for, like, a small yeah. little... He, yeah. He's he's basically like a psychopath. He's just as bad yeah. as all of the other crazies out he, there. He he's not doing crazy antics. Going. He's like, the Joker, he's crazy as fuck. The Riddler, he had his riddles... What do you have? You're just naming yourself after a little animal. Cute little animal. Yes. And so he's basically proving I'm just as crazy as the rest of these guys. Yeah. Uh, I, I also wanted to come into this because, you know, John Ridley, but also uh, it kind of springboards off of the previous issue, GCPD Blue Wall, uh, with uh, we have Montoya appearing here and talking with Batman. Yes. Uh, it, it it seems to not exactly it links in, but it's still uh, a lot of the same sort of narrative of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I see that. Crime is out of control. Batman has not had a day off in months. He's just at it every day all yeah. the time. Because he is inundated with calls for help. Yeah, because Umbrella Man is a full-fledged criminal. He wants to cause as much carnage as possible. Mhm. Whereas Penguin, he did want order. He made money when there was order. And everyone just hated him. He's like, you all love me. No, we all hated you. I didn't realize you guys hated me that much. Come on. (laughs) But yeah, so he tries to buy mercenaries to help him take down Umbrella Man. And they say no, but then Umbrella Man finds out they met with him. So he sends his men to kill all of them. And the survivors come crawling back to Penguin, and they're like, "We'll help you." Yeah. Um, we have this great confrontation between Batman and Cobblepot, where Cobblepot's explaining the rules of the game to him. And at the end of it, Batman's like, "Okay, you can have tonight, but tomorrow I'm taking you down." Surprising. Yeah. Batman's like, "I'm too tired for this shit. Can you just..." He's like, oh, I've tried everything else. For like I'll let minute. you have a go. <laughs> Look, man, I'm I'm really busy. You're not my biggest issue right now. Um, and yeah, towards the end, we get this great scene of Cobblepot going to confront Umbrella Man, 
and Umbrella Man just beats the shit out of him. Again. That page was brutal. I was not expected to be so graphic. Yeah, and I'm... So, you say Umbrella Man's a new character. It shows him earlier in the comic. He was basically a butler to Penguin. Like, he was literally the guy that held... He was the literal Umbrella Man. Yeah, he held the umbrella for Penguin. He walked around. He basically saw and heard everything that Penguin did, learned from Penguin himself, and then said, I'm taking your empire. Nobody likes you. They're not going to stop me. Now we can do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, and Penguin, he's like, you're just a man. I've been treated like a little dirty animal my whole life. And you just see him, this great panel of him, like, covered in blood, his eyes, like, bulging and bleeding. Mm -hmm. And he just goes for Umbrella Man's throat and rips it out with his teeth. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, it has not been a good year for Penguin, has it? It has been a hard year for Bird Person. Mm Mm-hmm. He would have to agree with that. I thought the ending was going to be really predictable, and I was expecting the twist where he starts treating his men like shit again. But yeah. at the end, it's quite... Is it a happy ending? Mm. He's well, got, like, his little it, team now. It did really seem to set up for that, but it also seemed to set up for him actually treating people better. He's like, you know, you see people, and they don't really change, but they can, you know, maybe improve, learn from stuff. Uh, I gotta go back and actually look at the page where he's basically explaining this. Uh, yeah, I thought, like, yeah, we saw character development through the issue, but I expected as soon as he was back in power, he would revert to his old ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's. it does seem like he's all talk uh, yeah. about changing. You know, so he, was, he'll really nice... just tell you what you want to hear versus how he actually yeah. feels. So it was nice to have something of a happy ending. Hmm. The status quo got... has changed. The DC universe will never be the same again. <laughs> um, anything else you guys want to add to this? <clears throat> no, I, we can make this one really quick. Uh, although, yeah. I I enjoyed it. Uh, I really it, enjoyed it. I think uh, what we had talked about off screen was it's better than the Two Face. It's not as good as the Riddler. Yeah, it's it's a lot better than the Two Face one. Yeah, it's it's, this one is actually worse worth than, reading. Yeah. Because that Two-Face one just felt so... It so, did just feel like a yeah. little three-issue part of her actual so, run. So basically, you've got two really good issues from Jod Ridley this week. Yeah. Um, I'm probably going to give this an 8.5. It was extremely enjoyable. I had fun reading it. It didn't blow me away, but... Yeah. I liked the kind of journey of, like, he started with $20 and yeah. then he kind of... Yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the story. I think, um, you know, we talked about as much yesterday during the news episode that it really is a kind of writer's economy right now where it's really the writers that are selling this. And I I just don't care for Giuseppe Kimicoli. Like He's been better before, but this was not his best work. I don't well, think it's, it's for colorist. Giuseppe Kimicoli, anytime he writes women, or not writes, draws women, he just draws, like, the strangest sort of faces. I didn't think it was much of a problem in Undiscovered Country, though. Maybe not Undiscovered Country, but 
he took over in Joker, Joker. didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the way he he draws what are supposed to be attractive women, he almost draws them with a odd mask over their face. Like, they look like they're wearing a mask. Yeah. I mean, I guess I can kind of see that. Yeah, I think he's just very hit or miss as an artist. Yeah. So, for me, uh, more like an 8, 8, 2, 5. Like, it, the story is good, but the art is kind of lagging. Yeah. But as I think I said during our news episode when we talked about Liam Sharp, I can read a good writer with a subpar artist and still enjoy it. But if it was a good artist with a bad writer, I can't. So I feel like I can kind of ignore the art somewhat. Yeah. I don't know, if you think about, say, uh, I don't know, Frank Miller with Sin City, are you there more for the story or are you there more for the art? Good writer, kind of, like, it's a very particular art style. I am there for both because I like the art style paired with that. I think that it makes more sense, but if it was that I think when it's more stylized like that, but when it was in, like... Dark Knight Strikes Again, it was just trash. Hmm. But yeah, I don't think Kamikoli's a bad artist. It's it's fine. The panels are laid out the, in a proper way. Maybe not a bad artist, and... but it's not a style for me. No, that's fair enough. If this was like John Romita Jr. at his worst, I could knock a few points off of it. Or Frank Miller at his worst, I could knock a few points off of it. But when it's just kind of generic, serviceable art, I find it hard to yeah. really complain okay uh, it doesn't Tyler, add anything but it's a takeaway i'm gonna say around like 8.25 for me mm-hmm. i don't really have any big complaints about it but i definitely feel like it does have that sort of like lack of a as much shock as the tom king one i suppose yeah yeah they really started out way too strong well, I feel like they were hoping issue. people will buy that one and then buy the rest. Yeah. Lead with your best foot forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we kind of saw this coming. Like, this has got to be the best thing they have, and then it's just going to be kind of it's the best not quite downhill. I feel like some of the others will be up. good. I feel like it's going to be... Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay, well, that takes me and Josh on to the approach number one from Boom. And it is written by Jason A. Hurley and Jeremy Hahn, and art by Jesus Hervas mm-hmm. and Leah Caballero. But that might be the Inca. Caballero. Caballero. I don't know. Yeah. The, the double L does more of a Caballero. Y sound. Yeah. Caballero. Caballero. With. Jesus, so many variant covers. There are eight different covers. There's a Francesco Francavilla one. Mm-hmm. Two Francesca, two, sorry, two Francavilla. Words are hard. Sorry, I saw Francesco, but it's Francesco Matina is a different one, but there are two Francavilla. Francavilla. Oh, man. So this whole story starts in just the worst blizzard in i don't know where are they alaska 
Does it seem like they're in Alaska? Um, maybe somewhere like that, somewhere very remote with bad weather remote, conditions. Remote, snowy. We've just got this tiny sort of terminal to take planes at, and just this storm is coming in, and the guy that is on his way out, this big hulking man, is called in to <laughs> the help. Scene, the scene of him in the car reminded me of um, Mr. Incredible from The Incredibles when he's yes. in the car on the way to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, it's, it, it's kind of a slow plotting story right now. Like, it takes the whole issue to have a plate, you know, clear the runway, there's a bunch of passengers coming in, let's make some space for them. Like, it's just going yeah, through flight's all the motions and everything a normal person would do as a plane is landing during kind of an emerge not exactly an emergency situation but a hazardous situation you've got the the guy in the wheelchair who's the only guy in the in the sky basically he's in the watchtower he sees a plane coming in a single propeller plane coming in on whatever runway that crashes they are the fire crew so they clear the area they put out fires and whatnot they go and try and rescue these guys a guy walks out of the wreckage he's made it what he makes it out of the wreckage and uh they put him in a stretcher they're not able to rescue the other guy in the plane and yeah no he was already yeah well somehow this guy basically walks i'm pretty sure they see the guy walk out of the plane maybe um wait no they just say they've got movement yeah 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 i don't know uh they try and save this guy but he's dead very dead. Like his yeah. body is just. This is like some Francesco Francavilla fan yeah, art, right? It here. really is. Maybe that's how they um, got him to come and do the cover. They're like, "Dude, we love you so much. We made a comic. We kind of copy your style." Hi. Hello. Can I help you? Yeah, she's like, "Is it Sunday?" What year is it? She just got home. Uh, yeah. So everybody is basically settling in for the night. They lose power. The guy up in the tower is like, guys, I was just looking up that tail number from the plane that landed. They disappeared. What was it? 42 years ago or something? Um, something like that. Um... It disappeared 27 years ago. What? And then the power goes out. Oh, and they go to own. check on the body in the morgue, freezer or whatever, and the body's moved, and we hear scream, and now there's just a Francesco Francavilla-esque monster that the guy is transformed into eating uh, one of the stewardesses. Yeah, it's it reminds me a little it's of so, the thing. Yeah, it's so predictable for the ending. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a very serviceable story, uh, but they really are going to have to pull something in here to really... It's, wow it's a B-movie. Yeah, it, I I think the characters were decently written. Yeah, yeah, it, it's I guess it's decently written. Written. I'm definitely for what for it more, is as a B movie. Something more macabre. Um, uh, I think there are certain spots that could definitely be shored up to definitely give other parts of the story to uh yeah. more room to breathe. Uh, the first I don't know, three maybe four. No, first three pages could have just been one page maybe like they spend so much time on showing that this guy is old and he's moving slow and then he's got to drive to work 
they just spend so much time on this. It's just such a slow first issue. Yeah, they spend I would so agree much with time that. just kind of it, it's I don't know, it's not like terrible, but it's definitely setting up and showing all of the uh interrelations between the different characters that we're getting introduced to. Like it spends a lot yeah. of time introducing these characters. Uh but I'm not sure there's really enough here to really I think I'm still going to read the second issue, but I'm not sure I'm happy about it. Yeah, I think it was it was fine. Like, depending on how heavy the week is when it's coming out, I could quite easily read this. It At no point did I feel like it was a chore reading it. Yeah. The ending yeah. was shockingly predictable. Yes. I was like, I hope there's a twist here, because otherwise, yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, I liked the characters. I liked their interactions. Um I'm hoping next time we get a bit more of some characters from the crew of the from the passengers of the other plane. Yeah, because they. Know. I don't know why. I don't even know if they, they spoke the other plane here. The other people are um, just so they could have a fodder. higher body count, Josh. That, <laughs> yeah. that's what I just said. They're cannon fodder. <laughs> that's it. Uh, this definitely is like a horror movie. You're locked in here. You've got very few resources. Yeah, it's it's the mist meets the thing. Yes. Very good. Uh, so, we'll see what the second issue brings. I think this is a five issue, four or five issue series. Uh, yeah. Something around that number. Um, let me see what's being solicited. Yeah. It's from Boom Studios, so I had very high expectations, I think. Uh, but it hasn't quite gotten there. Um, excuse me. I'm definitely hoping something else kind of comes out of the storm. If you look at the cover, there's a very... Yeah. Uh, maybe H.R. Geiger or... Uh, I don't know who else. Uh, kind of very macabre monster in the background. It's not a bit Lovecraftian. exactly like Cthulhu. Lovecraftian, that's it. Uh, it's not exactly Cthulhu, but I'm definitely hoping something Some else eldritch comes... eldritch horror from... Eldritch horror, yeah. I hope something else comes out of the mist... That we actually yeah. get to see. We need some meat to chew on. And I'm not sure one monster is going to be enough here. No, I agree with that. Um... So, for now, just the first issue by itself is not great. But I'm willing to give it a second issue. Uh, yeah. This, I would say, is maybe like maybe a 7.5. Maybe... 725. Go more like 725 or maybe a 7. It's not bad. It was fine. Yeah. It's... There was enough in here to make me check out issue 2. Yeah. Um, But there was not really a standout moment of this where it gave it that extra bump up to the next level. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, very predictable. Yeah. Okay. I think that's all the time we need to spend on it. Yeah. Okay, well that takes us on to Flashpoint Beyond number 6 by, here's a lot of names, Jeff Johns, Jeremy Adams, Tim Sheridan, Zamanico, and Mikkel Hannin. Yes, Josh, a Joker card. I know. <laughs> I'm just showing everybody else at the Wayne Casino. So many names. Go Keep going with those names. No more names? Okay, cool. So, yes, the final five. issue, the final issue to Flashpoint Beyond. 
Oh my god. This, I don't know. I, I, this was like a hard, not exactly a hard read, but it was just kind of difficult to get through. All the exposition got saved for this issue. Oh my mm-hmm. god. Normally you would have the exposition in like issue four and five, and then issue six is just the culmination. But yeah. Jeff John said, nope, let's just save everything for this issue. <laughs> so much Basically. Dialogue. It's a chore. This this <clears throat> issue was a chore. Uh, I, I really liked the plot of this issue. I liked the, the individual concept, story beats. Yeah, the plot and the concept. Yeah. yeah, but they just shoved too much into one issue. But uh, I like all the ideas, yeah. so it's just a uh, bit... Except for, like, the ending. The ending just opens up a whole new can of worms. Yeah, yeah but I'm kind of expecting that with you know, this many names attached to something like this. It doesn't yeah. really strike... John's, for some reason, has been doing that with a lot of his stories, where instead of just giving a good ending, it's just kind of leading up to the next thing, I guess, yeah. which is... all right. Fine. Uh, I, I do enjoy the resolution to the story that we have been having. Yeah, I, absolutely. I thought that was a really good resolution. Uh, the story gone, you know, everything in the Flashpoint universe is happening inside of that snow globe. Like, the universe is trapped inside of there a, a, a paradox that should not exist and mm. you've had they're using what's it? the watch from um just is it Janie slater's yeah uh yeah so we're, we're basically being introduced to the concept of hyper time here like we have all the multiverse everything related to space and now we're being introduced to the concept of time hyper time that the uh, time masters deal with, and who put them in charge, yeah. and why and they, they get to be the arbiters of truth. Uh, and they're using this... the Doctor Manhattan power from the Watch to create a yeah. reaction that's creating this paradox. Uh, basically, keeping the paradox in check. I think. Yeah. Uh, but we have Rip Hunter and this boy Corky, who's <clears> basically <throat> like, I don't know. Uh, not Johnny Appleseed, but um, name Johnny another guy. Uh, um, name another person that died at the Alamo. Davy Crockett. That's it. Little Davy Jeremiah Crockett. Jeremiah Springfield. Crocky, Corky. Davy Crockett with his si- wonderful sidekick ra- <laughs> raccoon. Uh, what's his name? Crockett. Yeah, actually Crockett. Uh, but they're trying to confront Batman. That. And say, give it over, we're going to handle this, we'll make sure this paradox is eliminated, that it doesn't exist, because it's going to destroy us, it's going to upset everything. It's about, it's a time bomb that's about to go off. Everything about uh, Rip Hunter here and Corky just reminds me of uh, Speed Racer. Uh, You've just got this guy that doesn't want to listen to anything, he's right, and you've got his lovable little brother almost and their sidekick that are just causing all sorts of antics i can kind of see that i i had the analogy better in my head uh a week ago when i read it uh uh but anyway what's going on inside of that is uh martha joker is confronting uh thomas batman and they're about to basically break out of the snow globe. Snow globe. I mean, that, that yeah, that's basically the concept, is they have their own... She's killed all of the different uh, time beings in uh, 
I don't know what you want to call this, uh, the the Flashpoint universe, and they're going to go back in time and stop Joe Chill from killing their son. They're, are they going to become Joe Chill, or I don't know exactly the plan. We're going to go back, we're going to save our son together, and I don't know if they're going to be like, we're going to take his place to reset the universe to where it should be, kind of like how the Flashpoint is. They're doing like a reverse Flashpoint. They show up, shoot the past Thomas and Martha, and they're like, look at me, look at me. We are your parents now. <laughs> just this, these two homicidal versions of your parents. Just 20 years older, 20 or 30 years yeah. older. You might With a much higher body count. Body count, yeah. As if they didn't have a body count before they died. Thomas was a doctor. Know. He could have killed people. Yeah. <laughs> these hands were made for saving. <laughs> Uh, and then Duella Dent comes in, and they they actually have kind of a reunion here. Like, yes, let's go back and save our son, but maybe not. No, I don't think we can do that. Uh, because at the start, the first issue of Flashpoint Beyond, Batman had been like, none of this matters. I shouldn't be here. This doesn't exist. This is a mis- this whole universe is a mistake, basically. And the goal a whole along the whole way, Batman, Bruce Wayne's goal, is basically for his father to realize this is not a mistake, I belong here, and I will help everyone here, basically. Yeah. Uh, They go back, uh, basically, they are able to stabilize. Bruce Thomas Wayne accepting his place here uh, stabilizes the snow globe wristwatch combination, and... Bruce Wayne explains he knew this was going to work because of the letter that the Flash brought him from Thomas Wayne. Yeah. And we go back and we revisit yeah. that whole letter. I think it's the same from uh, Flashpoint. Is that right? Um, I don't remember. I would imagine it was the same. Okay. It's very easy to check on that. We should have fact checked that. Yeah. Uh, We're not professional. There's, there's a relatively interesting scene, I'd say, here uh, where Duella Dent is basically holding her son hostage. And why are you calling her uh, Duella Dent? Is she not? No, Duella Dent is the daughter of Two Face. I thought Duella Dent wife? is the Joker's daughter. Yes, that's the daughter of Two Face. That's sure. literally Harvey Dent's daughter who takes what, on the. What is Harvey Dent's wife's name? Weird. Martha. Glenda. <laughs> why did you say that name? <laughs> Glenda? Was it Glenda Dent? The Good Witch? No. Gilda. Gilda Radner. Godfried. Radner. Um, no, Duella Dent is is a main universe character that's the literal daughter of Harvey Dent, but it goes by the daughter of Joker, and mm-hmm. she's like got the. Joker, We'd like Joker to pretend that character doesn't exist. Most people do. She anyway. was the she was the worst character I've ever read in a single comic issue. Mm, I don't know about that, but okay. So, Jesus, the this scene of fighting against. Dent, Mrs. Dent. Uh, I, I, I think it's rather entertaining. Uh, I think it's well done here. Uh, I don't know how you guys feel about it, where they blow up Batman, shoot him a couple times, and then it's uh, Martha Joker versus Mrs. Dent. Pulls off a really cool maneuver to shoot Mrs. Dent in the face. Yep. You know, hey... And then goes, I realize that may have been a touch uh, traumatizing, doing it right in front of her son. 
I just saved yeah. you from your mother. Yeah, let's 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 address. We killed both your parents. Yeah, let's let's. Uh, yeah, with Martha Wayne being very, very responsible for that, but she's had a turn. She's gone back to the good side. She's gonna be imprisoned in the Bat Cave for. But yeah, forever. I love how she's like, well, like she's an absolute psychopath. She's she doesn't care about anything. She's like, I'm gonna go back in time and save our son, and then. Thomas is like Bruce is like I'm not gonna back I'm not gonna and there is a very nice orphan child right here. <laughs> but literally when she decided to just help out and kill Gilda, all I could think was the bricks! Wild card, bitches! You've got just the right amount of trauma to become Robin now. <laughs> Come on, Robin. Why are you calling me that? Yeah, and they're inside a snow globe, and they go out to see the carnage, and there's st- it just starts snowing. They're in a snow globe, and it snows. And then they say, you win this time, Batman. I really like the artistic choice on that page to have, like, the little... It's very rounded to highlight the snow globe thing. Oh, yes. the boom lettering? Oh, not necessarily that. I meant the previous page where the panels are arced. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that is really good. I didn't even notice that part. And yeah, the boom as well is great where it circles the snow globe. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Great stuff. I I like that. That's really good. Very creative. The least you could do. It was in Um, his letter. Dear son, (laughs) there's only one thing I know about life. I don't like how the, the letter was presented because it just keeps cutting in and out while we look at dialogue from different people. I, I hate it when things do that, where it has dialogue, narration, dialogue, narration, dialogue, narration. It shouldn't have been chopped up so much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what the hell was that? Whose dog? Well, I don't have a dog, dog, so... I don't know if you played a video about a dog. Uh, and then, as soon as it's... Uh, Let's kill some Kryptonians because we completely skipped over all the crazy other stuff that's happening around well, the world. I yeah, when really was that, that like set up? Th- when did we mention Kryptonians coming? Are you into? fucking kidding me? All of like the Batman. Yeah. Do you read and... shit? I know that page. It was like but three I'm going to come ago. to your home and I'm going to spank ago. you in the middle of the night. Oh, three We've issues been ago. Okay. Ignoring all of this. Was it we the issue where Superman showed three... up to confront? Me? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. And they went to his that was fortress of solitude made out of Swamp Thing. Yeah. And then Poison this, Ivy's like, oh, I've been Superman's doing Oasis. some stuff. Yeah, that whatever. Remember there was the, the he learned that he was, was sent to Earth to go dominate the place and then eventually so Kryptonians. Ago, Tyler. Yeah. It was not that long ago. Any way. Uh, Hang on. How, Let me punish how, him more. God damn it. <laughs> Josh, how does, on, how does that... I'm going to leave the room. Come on, Josh. Hurry up. What? Josh, please. Do what? Do next. No. Don't let anybody no. interrupt you. No, I'm good. <laughs> it's just all-out war inside of the Flashpoint universe. Like, there's so much stuff that's going to happen, and it's based. I don't think we're ever going to address that unless Jeff Johns gets enough money to come back and do a third series. To do what, sorry? Which? To address the Kryptonian 
uh, oh, war, yeah. the war between the Amazons and the sons well, of Saturn. There isn't a need for it. The entire point for any of those things is to show that there is an this actual is the world end, going on. This is the end of Back to the Future 1, where it was never intended to lead to a sequel. It was the old-time thing of, like, the hero riding off into the distance for another adventure. Adventure, yeah. I feel like I don't. That's... I just don't know if this whole page was needed then. Like, it's just, here... Look how rich this Flashpoint universe is. I think it was just really going to abandon all of that. I think it was highlighting her, just sort of saying how fucked the world was and how it would be better if they changed things. Maybe, yeah. Let's let's just move forward to what the hell is going on with the Time Masters and these. uh, What do they call them? The time capsules have failed. The uh, the thirteen the thirteen club. That was a lot. Yeah, I'm really 13. confused by some of these. Well, yeah. I assume this is all going to be addressed in... Well, let's look at some of the characters' names. The Golden Age Mr. Miracle, the Golden Age Legionnaire, the Golden Age Aquaman, the Golden Age Red Lantern. Um, yeah, that one I don't know what to think. Judy Garrick. I like so, that. Yes, yeah, so the Golden Age. What's the next one-shot Jeff Johns is writing? Golden Rage? Is he writing Golden Rage? Golden Rubbers in the these Golden Age. We, had, we should have been reading Golden Rage the whole time. Golden Age, and then that leads into the JSA series. So I feel mm, like yes. that's going to be dealing with these new characters. Hmm. Um, what about I mean, all the people on the right? You, did you say the Golden Age Red Lantern? I did. Okay. I said all the Golden Age characters, and then Judy Garrick, because Jay Garrick. I'm really I don't excited know. For I don't know much Salem about the, the Witch Golden Girl. Age. I think that looks cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I feel like that's where this is going to be addressed. Um, or I mean, it will either be addressed or it will just be completely glossed over yet again because Jeff Johns does a really <coughs> good job of setting no, up things because that never end up happening. It's literally got five characters with the Golden Age in their title, and then his next one yeah. shot is called the Golden Age, which a is one-shot. a prelude to his JSA series. All right. Um, again, do we know what I'm just saying? Is? Like Megaton, but Dagaton. They'll have to handle Dagaton. We have nostalgia to worry I about. I assume he's a big... He's the big bad. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, and yes, there was one name I missed off of the beginning. Um, and Gary Frank. Woo! Yay. These last two pages with nostalgia and the... Um, Wait a minute. Bubs. Do you guys really not know who Degaton is? No. no. Oh, he's a... He, he was in Legends of Tomorrow. I only watched half of what that. What season? Wh- who was he in? The first yeah. season. That was the worst season. Who was he in he season played, one? He was played by Corey Gruder Andrew. He was per Degaton. A kid? I see a picture of a kid. Oh, he's the guy with the big D on his chest. Yeah. Tor... Degaton. Okay, he looks like a Nazi. Is he a Nazi? He's Probably. meant to look like a Nazi, but he's from the old All-Star Comics line. He was a Justice Society of America villain. So a Nazi. Actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most of the time, he's, a he's just a shitty He's kid. a time Nazi. Kid time Nazi. Kid time Nazi. Going up against the kid... Kid, Rocky Raccoon, Time Lord, Traveler, people. Pre-crisis. With the raccoon hat. Obsessed Pre-crisis. with time travel. 
ever since mm-hmm. he was an assistant to the Time Trust, a group of scientists developing a time ray. Maybe the uh, Time Lords... Sorry, that's the wrong series. That's my bad. I mean the Time Masters. Maybe the Time Masters come out of the Time Trust. In 1941, the Justice Society of America is sent 500 years into the future to retrieve a formula that produces a bomb-proof shield. Hmm, interesting. I wonder if that's relevant to the Time Masters and this story. We'll see. I can't remember if he was in the original JSA run. I think he was at some point. Yeah. With Jeff Johns, that is, sorry. Yeah. Um, anyway, I introduced Gary Frank, and then you guys moved backwards. Yeah. You're well, welcome. Gary Frank, Did Gary- Nostalgia, and um, Cleopatra Pack, who is, a, as far as I'm aware, a new character. Yep. Yeah. Um, and she has one of the dog things that Ozymandias had. It is a cat. Cat thing. B- His name is Ozymandias. Yeah, Ozymandias was called Babastus, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, maybe this is Babastus. They actually say that's the same one. It's the newer one, the pink one, instead uh-huh. of the blue one. Okay. Um, but yes, this nostalgia character is looking for the Watchman. Not the Watchman. Watchman. The Watchman. It is. Yeah, it does watch say Watchman. Does it? Oh, I read it as Watchman. Man. Men, sorry. Men. You men. would. Men, 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 men. <laughs> Yeah, that picture I sent you guys the other day of like, excuse me, Mr. Moore, will you sign my flashpoint beyond number six? <laughs> I laughed hard at that. Yeah. Because, yeah, Alan Moore is rolling in his grave about this. Yes. yes. But don't worry, Frank Miller's okay with this. <clears throat> I understand that he's bitter for the reasons that he is, but I just don't understand the des- this huge desire to separate yourself so much from your own creations at this point. You know, like everybody loves because your he work. doesn't own it; it's not his property. Yeah, but that was his choice. No, it was his choice to have his name taken off of it. He doesn't. I I believe Warner Brothers took Watchmen from him, the ownership of it. I don't think it was. Yeah. His um, choice to the lose contract ownership. was the r- rights would revert back to uh, Alan Moore. Once it had stopped printing. Yes. Which at the time was a good deal because comics never reprinted. And then that ended up being like the first graphic novel that was like this mega huge hit. Never stopped. And then, yeah. So I I can understand you'd be uh, a little disenchanted with the whole thing. I am so. But he must get royalties from that. I mean, he did. But and I actually think he still does. But he's he's been open about being like, just remove my name for that. Yeah, and I know? don't understand yeah. that. Doesn't I don't like understand he, it either. It doesn't look like he uses the money for anything. Like, why would you separate yourself from use it that? For that point? Like, I understand that he lost the rights to it and everything, but you're still getting a huge fucking paycheck all the time, and people still recognize that your it's name. It's about his like, artist integrity. I, I guess. So, what what even is this last two pages? So I just a, I'm a 16 year old girl. I I turned 16 years old yesterday, and now I'm gonna summon the Watchman. Betsy Ross is the one in the middle. Do you guys know who that is? No. Uh, she was uh, she's Hulk's Hulk. girlfriend. I hate you both. She was the person who invented the uh, and upholstered the American flag. Yes. 
I yeah, and why would I know that? She good point. She was in undiscovered country. In that third arc that you guys just hated. Um, John Henry Jr. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Salem the Witch Girl, Ladybug, Cherry Bomb. I love that name, Salem the Witch Girl. I think that's just cool. Yeah, so John Henry Jr. is going to be the son of the John Henry folklore thing. Yeah, so we've just got a lot of folklore and we've got a lot of Golden Age stuff here. Yes. Uh, Yeah, I mean... Betsy Ross, a real person, turned into kind of folklore. John Henry turned into folklore as well. Real person turned into folklore. Quiz kid. Quiz kid. Interesting. The Golden Age Mr. Miracle would have to be... um, What was his name? Thaddeus. What was his name? Thaddeus... The original one. The one who trained Scott Free. Oh, I think he got it right. I think it is Thaddeus Richard. I don't know. Thaddeus Brown. Brown. I, I should oh, know wow. that. Wow. Uh, the I'm Golden Age Aquaman was a always from the Teen Titans media. Quiz spelled K W I Z. I don't know if this is the right person. We'll pretend. Yeah. Um, the Golden Age Red Lantern. That's interesting because Red Lanterns didn't exist until. Archillo, not Archillo. Mm-hmm. Um, what was his name, Tyler? It. Atrocitus. Atrocitus, yes. Mm-hmm. Archillo what? is the yellow lantern. Yeah, yellow lantern, who... I know. Yep. Yes. Who? Who? Say it. We don't have time for this. He was totally remember. butt gay for Sinestro. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Which, to be fair, I mean, Sinestro's pretty hot, so. What about the Harlequin's son? So that actually happened at the end of Doomsday Clock. Do you remember? No, I don't. The okay, Harley, Quinn. Harley Quinn. That was Harley the Quinn or the Marionette. Harley Quinn. Oh right, she was the marionette, not the Harlequin. It's yeah. the Golden Age this, Harley this Quinn. Doesn't, this doesn't say Harley Quinn's son. It says the Harlequin. So I'm a little confused about that. But if they're gonna you get Quiz be. Kids spelled wrong, yeah. I guess we'll see. We'll have to buy Jeff we'll Johns' just have next to find property. Out. I don't know. Can we be done with this? Can you be done with this? Can I be done with this? Pretty please? You don't like it? You can get out. Get out of here. (laughs) But yeah, so we don't know where the the Watchman thing's going to tie in. It's interesting that Gary Frank's back on art for it. That doesn't even really look like Gary Frank art. Oh no, I got it immediately. (laughs) Did you? Yes. You only get one face in it, so I guess it's kind of hard to tell. But no, I absolutely thought I was Gary Frank. It's very much his unique style. Yeah. My I don't know. I can't, I can't clock it. We know. Cool. Um. So, how do you feel about this issue and this series? Um, I really like this issue. I really like the series. This issue had too much packed into one issue. Yeah. It should have. Some of the plot details from this should have been in issue five, I think, and give this a bit more time to breathe. Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I definitely feel like it was a strong ending, but I I agree that there was a bit more breathing room needed. Maybe I still really enjoyed it. I still if, think if, if you treat the actual room, ending you know, as 
maybe about four pages more of breathing room instead of these last four pages that we get teasing other stuff we could use those four pages to give it a little more breathing room. Eh, i didn't mind those last couple of pages i'm thinking of the, like the actual ending being thomas and little dank kid running off to fight crime and then the rest is epilogue so yeah, some sort of up epilogue until that point Wayne. yeah up until that point it's a very good ending and then you have the epilogue things, which are just kind of setting up the new Jeff Johns things. The Time Master is basically saying, hey, how can we just mess with uh, Bruce Wayne? Can mm. we just rearrange? You know, we're going to put your eyes where your butthole is. And... Same. Yeah. Excuse me, the Mr. The mental Moore, giant you... is ripe for a psychotic reboot. Excuse me, Mr. Moore, can you sign my copy of Watchman number one? <laughs> <laughs> I will kill you, I will kill your wife I will kill your infant daughter <laughs> I fucking love that shit mm. So shall we move on? Uh, what are we rating it? Ratings, I'm going to give this As uh, this issue and then the series overall 10 10? I don't know about that No, so not, this issue really, not really, not really, not really I don't know about really, that really. Um, as the issue by itself, I'm going to give it an 8.75. I think that for the series as a whole, probably around like an 8.25, 8.5. I still loved a lot of it. I loved the ending a lot more than I did the rest of this. Uh, but I still think that <clears throat> the biggest thing that I have a hard time, like the hardest pill to swallow is having Martha be the one responsible party for yes. killing off both this kid's parents. And he's just like, I'm the new Robin. It's cool. Yeah, let's put our differences aside. I I don't He's know about that. I mean, I definitely agree with that point. part, but just having yes. Martha be all of the clock killer stuff. Like the whole mystery just kind of Yeah, feels the a bit unsatisfying. Clock killer thing was so weird. Cuz I forgot there was the clock killer until like issue 4. Yeah, it really goes it it goes on a big tangent from issue, I don't know, 1 through 4 or so until we really find out who the mastermind behind all of this is i don't and... think that you actually forgot what i'm not talking to him well no like the whole series was like flashpoint beyond the clockwork killer and then yes i kind of forgot that we were supposed to be dealing with the mystery of murder yeah didn't it have like a subtitle like the clock killer part whatever yeah, the and then killer. now it's chapter six the 13 club Oh, it does say the Clockwork Killer. The chapter Clockwork six, Killer, Chapter but... Six. Yeah, it's so weird. I mean, I didn't forget about the Clockwork Killer thing because it's the essential plot of it, and I was paying attention. Yeah, I. It's not that we didn't. Oh, he forgot. I didn't forget, but I still was just. I know that's because not... you're you're a golden little beautiful little sexy thing, aren't you, Josh? Yes, but I'm not very satisfied. Well, you satisfy me. Oh, baby, yeah, totally. <laughs> Uh, so I'm not really satisfied with that part of the story. There's a whole other tons of plot points to branch off of in the Flashpoint universe that it seems to set up, and it'd be kind of weird if they didn't try and write their own comics in this world. Like, it's definitely, like, mm. anybody could come in here and just start writing stories in here. He's set up this little playground for people to write stories in. Uh, but it does kind of maybe detract away from the main story like bruce thomas wayne goes to the uk and kills aquaman and meets wonder woman and then comes back mm. yeah i think some of the story wasn't executed as well as it could but really convincing thomas wayne that this 
universe matters, he wants to be here sort of thing, seems a bit abrupt. I don't mind it. I, and I think the reason why I don't mind it is because it's such a good Well, he way saw his of... son in... He saw his son in the Dent Kid. And he okay, was like... Okay, hear me out. Here's, here's my argument. Let's say that there was no plot point of knowing that his son exists in another timeline and is alive and is Batman. Let's say that that never occurred. Let's say that there was never any mystery about the other universes and whatever. I mean, the entire basis of this story is to accept what you're given instead of trying to look towards what you've lost. It's trying to accept what you have in front of you and trying to make do with what is going on. You can't just continuously say nothing matters because the world is going to keep on existing around you and you have to be able to adapt and evolve to that. And that's the whole point of it. And in a way, it's like Batman, Bruce Wayne at least, is saying in, in a way to himself that this is what his next step of evolution is going to be. It's accepting that there are some things you can change and some things you can't change. And he saw that in his father and wanted to give him that opportunity. I thought that that was interesting. And I think that him going around failing to be a hero of some kind and letting the world fall apart around him has to deal with his not getting over his trauma. Yeah. Issue 8.75, series 8.5. Cool. Yeah, I'm probably more around like an 8.25 for the whole thing. Cool. Excellent. Yeah, but you have to ask who Umbrella Man is, so your opinion's invalid. Yeah. (laughs) All right, so uh, up next we've got Batman the Night number 10 by Chip Zdarsky and Carmine DiGiano Domenico. Oh my god, we're only halfway. (laughs) Yes, Batman the Night by, yeah, um, Chip Zdarsky and... Come on, DJ Domenico. I did just say that, yeah. but thank you. Yeah. Uh, so this you is the final part, issue of the, of the Zadarsky series, uh, where we have Batman's wearing a Fortnite costume in this, and I hate it. Is that what that is? Well, no, but he's wearing the like ninja robes with the Fortnite symbol on it from a Snyder Cut. I oh. need you to understand that when you say that with the way that the world is right now, I will believe you if you say that he's wearing a Fortnite costume. You know about the Fortnite symbol. We spoke about it last time. Somehow Palpatine re- returned. I need gotcha. to go back through this issue and just Photoshop the actual demon's head symbol onto the stuff. Yes. Hmm. Instead of this weird, shitty Fortnite thing that Zack Snyder was like, huh, I'm going to put this in my movie. Yeah. I, I do like that uh, Bruce and... I guess we're going to... Call him uh, Minkoa now. That's his actual name. Or Koa. Did he change his name for some reason? That I guess that's his, you know the Ghost Maker or the, he's yeah, got the like ghost, five names. Yeah. At this point. The Ghost Maker. That's his real name. Is they call him Koa. Uh, I do like that Bruce and Minkoa have basically the op like their color schemes of their outfits are the opposite of each other. One's got blue, one's got white, and they swap the whole color palette there. Uh, this is not how I thought the issue would go. I thought Bruce or Minkoa would actually die in this fight, and one of them would have to be resurrected by the Lazarus Pit. That would have been better. I really thought that's where there was going. Like, this is, you know, Bruce has his vow not to kill anybody, but I thought this would have been tested here. And there's not any sort of, you know, you must kill him, finish it. You know, 
uh, a la Batman Begins. Yeah. It's just, oh, you know. I don't have to kill you, but I don't have to save you either. Yeah. Yeah. And then the right hand, uh, Harris Zuma, is just dismissed. And you can take Mr. Khan with you. But you will become the demon's heart. You're better than the demon's hand. You're his heart. And now Bruce must go into the caves where it's all chaos and uncertainty. It's not ordered. This whole thing is just... I don't even know what's going on in this issue. Like, This uh, wasn't the best issue. Talia likes him, kisses him. It powered through it a lot. But she's like, you forgot that I am really the demon's heart. Yeah. I don't think that Chip Zdarsky knew how to end this. Uh, No, and I'm not really a fan of... I like Bruce meeting Raz later. Yeah. I don't really like him being tied into the origin. I I think Batman Begins did a good job with it. Yes. But I like them meeting later. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Raz has this plan to destroy the world and build these Lazarus his, cities. His usual plan. His usual yeah. plan. He's an eco terrorist. Yeah. Bomb the world and be king of the ashes. Mm hmm. Um, and obviously, Bruce plays along with it and then betrays him, blows up the rockets, the missiles, and takes down Raz's operation. Yeah. And then at the end, we get him going back to Gotham. He's like, I've learned everything I can at this point. It's time for me to see my city and see Alfred. Can't sleep. Gotta fight. Obviously, Alfred welcomes him back in open arms. They talk all night about everything, the entire journey. They mention everybody they've met in the entire thing. Uh, And he's like, "Uh, I need to think deeper. I need to go into the depths and see what comes out. So once again, he's got to retreat into the chaos. And that's when he goes into the Batcave to find out what he can do to save the city it's actually rabies he's gonna (laughs) harvest rabies from the bats uh yeah i don't think uh that chip zadarsky really knew how to wrap up the story i agree Uh, it, it it's been a strong to middling series for the most part there's been it had some really high highs in there yeah and some really mid mids uh, yeah. What were the midpoints? Would you say? Uh, I would say issue eight, four or five with Ducard. Okay. <clears throat> the whole Ducard and issue. Finding what out was issue that... eight, Tyler? Issue eight was the uh, going to go visit the doctor that like has no emotion at and the end of the world. Very... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I didn't mind that one. I, I just think. didn't think it was that great. I, I think yeah. there are certain good parts in there. The fight uh, between yeah. Zuma, the right hand of the demon, finding Zuma. out that it, at the <clears> time, <throat> it was a decent ending to the issue because it's, oh, you know, we're going to go meet Ra's al Ghul and we're going to see the, the League of Shadows. But then this has been a bit underwhelming these last two issues. Yeah. There, I guess there I just... are definitely good parts in it. It's just... Overall, it just doesn't yeah it feels very 
It felt rushed for me. I actually don't mind Raish Al Ghul being tied to his origins. I think that's fine. But I have more of an issue with this very throw you right into the middle of it and rush to the ending sort of development. Yeah. I feel like for a final issue, they should have been given maybe another 10 to 15 pages for like an oversized finale. Yeah. Because there, well, this didn't feel like it had any of the heart from some of the previous issues that we really enjoyed. There, there needed to be the big test to show that he's ready to be Batman. He, he's got to become Batman. and well, well, it seems like the idea was he will become Batman, but he'll be fully formed as Batman when he takes the mantle. It's not yeah. He's going to become Batman and figure it out. He's going to have all of his training, all of his skills for the most part, and he's going to come in guns blazing. Well, not exactly guns blazing. Guns akimbo. Yeah. Batman's blazing. Yeah, as <laughs> Batman. And this, this final test for bruce is a bit underwhelming yeah i don't even feel like it's a test yeah it just feels like a fight that's it it's a final mission he's like if i die here i will have saved a bunch of people all right yeah You, you showed up right in the nick of time to stop the eco terrorists i agree with what sean said about the way that batman begins did the origin. I think that that did a really good job of merging Raish into the original plot. And if you are going to incorporate him into that and then have that polarization, that decision to make him challenge Raish al Ghul, I feel like there should have been something stronger than, oh, he's got missiles. I'm going to blow them up. That's it. Like, it's a good idea, but they just kind of glossed over it really fast. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. I, anyway, I wish I loved this more. Rate the rate this issue and the series as a whole. This issue is an eight. Maybe a seven point seven five. Seven point seven five for me. Yeah. yeah honestly, with how this ended, it's a high seven. The series as a whole is maybe an eight, eight point two five. I'm going higher than that. Okay. I'm going like eight point five. And it did have high moments of like 8.75 and 9 in there. We did rate some issues high, but in retrospect, uh, the series. I just feel like overall, this didn't really give me as much as I was hoping for as it did in the beginning. I was already hesitant. It had a lot of promise, I think, at the start. Yes. That first issue was really good. Second, third, really good too, but. I liked the. um, Zitana issue. I like the Cabin issue. in the Woods issue. I like the North Korea issue. Yeah. You would. There was a lot. Why? Eight. Because I live in a country with a dictator now. <laughs> yes. 8.25, 8. 8. take it or leave it. Uh, okay. Moving on. So, uh, next we have Batman v. Robin 2. By Mark Waite and Mahmoud Azrar. Uh, this is the second issue in the series revolving around the, spoiler alert, uh, revelation that Alfred Pennyworth has come back, uh, walked directly into the mansion of, Bruce, <clears throat> of Wayne Manor, excuse me, and basically just walked up to him and was like, my son, I love you. And Batman's like, no, I don't know if that's really you. I'm going to kind of, I don't know about that. Then he goes down, and then suddenly Damian Wayne, and with a bunch of other people, are like, we don't give a fuck about that. And then they start throwing a bunch of shit, 
And they're like, we got to kill Alfred again because that's not Alfred. Also, fuck you, dad. And then Alfred's like, my boys. And Bruce is like, my son, my dad, no. Then he escapes through a tunnel and he goes, ah, goes through. And then Alfred says some fucking thing that I don't remember. And then Bruce was like, you're my real dad and hugs him. And then you find out there's a demon. Well, that was um, a brief version of the story. <laughs> um, Tell me I'm wrong. I have no idea. You didn't read this, did you? No. I. Okay. So, I actually really enjoyed, uh, have come to enjoy Mark Wade writing not only this, but I, I've really come to enjoy him writing Damian Wayne, actually. Um, this is an interesting uh i mean i kind of want to say setup following on but this is continuing the revelation that the demon neza has been uh manipulating damian wayne we see uh race or not sorry not race um invaders it's not the invaders it's um what's the organization The one that the Atlanteans attack? Um, I don't remember. You, you just made jokes about Batman's costume and... The League. Fortnite. I hate you. What? 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 The ones who attack the Atlante that are attacked by the Atlanteans and then he comes back to Neza. Yeah, I'm not sure. Do they have a name? The League of Evil. Do they not? I don't know. Sure. They're just random villains that Nessa's recruited, I thought. I thought that they were expansion or extensions from uh, the League of whatever it is that Rachel Ghoul is in charge of. Because there's a guy that looks kind of like Rachel Ghoul. The League of Shadows. That's it, thank you. The League of Assassins. Yeah, that. The whole thing with the stuff. Oh, yeah, I guess because Talia's there. Uh, no, not Talia. Thank um, you. Mother, soul, whatever her name is. Um, Mama. Yeah, so Nez is still corrupting the world of magic, and we see mm -hmm. some of it here because Bruce and Alfred go to the House of Mysteries, which is the house owned by Cain and Abel in Sandman. Mm-hmm. Ah. Oh. Ah. Um, yes, yeah, so obviously last issue we saw Zatanna hanged. Yes, she had the broken neck with the noose, and she was like speaking to him, Schrodinger's victim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because she wasn't. Which I dead, actually, but... I thought that was cool as fuck. That's a great concept. Um. <clears throat> yeah. So then they're in the house of mysteries, and Damien's basically orchestrated them to have some information. Like he's kind of shown them what's happening. Mm-hmm. Because he's still fighting against... The Lazarus Demon? Yeah, he's still fighting against Neza. And... Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is what happens when we talk about an issue from two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And then this happens, and then that happens. Yeah. Um... Yeah. Damien gets given the Batman 666 costume... And we find out that the other Robins have been recruited and controlled by Neza as well. And yes, Alfred is a demon. 
Allegedly. 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 Um, I am not accustomed to seeing some of the stuff from Vertigo Comics, specifically Sandman, being merged into so much more of the regular DC Universe, even though it does take place in the DC Universe. It's just not something that you see very regularly. And the last time we saw Dream, I think, or Orpheus was, uh, well, either way, uh, in Death Metal, I think. Dream was in Death Metal, yes. Yeah. I can't think of another time Not Death time Metal, that he Dream was... was in Metal. The first okay, Metal. thank you. And that yeah. led to the Sandman reboot stuff. Yes. So we are seeing a little bit more of that m- merging of those two comic book worlds i'm gonna say because even though they're in the same universe it's just not something that they cross over into very often but in this it's very prevalent um the revelation of uh is it rue al ghul r-u-h i think um maybe i don't remember mother her name. Of the, she's soul of the demon Ra's al ghul's mother she's called mother soul mother yeah, soul, soul yes of the demon. that was Interesting. I guess... Okay, so the reason why I bring that up is because you were much more invested in the Williamson-Robin run. And uh, I guess I was curious if there was more setup to that than I can recall, because I just power-read that stuff. Well, you power-reading it, you probably remember more than I did, because I read it over the space of like a year and a half. Fair enough. (laughs) I don't remember there being any kind of setup for that, because it seemed like For it was what? much more built up on the Rua Ghoul uh, revelation. We knew she was Razagul's mother. That was shown in the series. Oh, see, I don't remember that at all. You really are autistic, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, I don't really know what else I have to say about this issue. Um, if we spoke I mean, about it when it came out, I would have had more thoughts, but... I think it's interesting that they're utilizing, so, well, Mark Wade is utilizing so much of the stuff that he set up in World's Finest in order to lead into this. You know, we find Damien going up to the spot where Neza was locked away using yeah. well, the... Uh, what Mark Wade's doing is he is retroactively putting stuff in canon. You're supposed to treat World's Finest as these Silver Age stories. Yeah. Like, hey, remember that issue in the 60s where Batman and Superman fought a demon? It's the kind of stuff mm-hmm. Mark... Uh, Grant Morrison would do, but Grant would actually use a story from the 60s, whereas Mark Wade's writing his own. I so don't you're have a su- problem with that. No, I, I really enjoy World's Finest, but you're supposed to treat it as being in the 60s. Like, hey, remember that issue where Superman had that new sidekick from an alternate Earth? Yeah. Thunderboy or Lightning Boy, whatever he was called. Thunderbutthole. Yeah. That's what World's Finest is supposed to be. And then he's calling back to that in his other series and miniseries and stuff. Which is an interesting concept and it's hard to execute. But yeah. I think he's done it very well. Yeah. I don't know many other writers who could retroactively have a series retroactively adding stuff into the canon of the past while bringing it into play in the future. I can't think think of anything that's been done like that before by anybody else so i think that's an interesting choice i don't have an issue with it i just think it's interesting to do so strictly for the i mean 
I guess in a way it's not that far-fetched. I mean, look at what Jeff Johns did with so many of his like favorite jokey villains and you know what have you. It's not that outside of the realm of whatever or Bendis constantly doing that inside joke about the stations and everything. You know, it's just it's going to happen I suppose, but um I think that I'm more curious about this insinuation that Alfred is either possessed by Neza or is Neza manipulating him. I don't really know. I don't know, because going into this, I hope they bring Alfred back, but part of me did think it's going to be for this miniseries, and then he's gone again. Yeah. How many issues is this it's miniseries? It's six, I believe. Okay. All right. Well, I thought it was fun. I, I'm enjoying this. I'm glad yeah, Mark Wade is back. It's a solid 8.25, 8.5. I'd say 8.5 for me, yeah. yeah. Okay, and that takes us on to... Public Domain number 5 by Chip Zdarsky, the final issue of the arc. This is such an interesting series. Yeah, so this issue, so in the previous issues, it's this issue is about the behind the scenes of comic world. So it deals with the artist who created this character trying to get credit back for his character and the rights back and because the writer owned them, but the artist mm-hmm. was the one who really did the work mm-hmm. and by the end of issue three or four they had the rights back to publish the comics again um they had the choice of getting money but he wanted the comic rights mm-hmm. and then in this issue they're really they're setting up the publishing part of it mm-hmm. there's something about logistics mm-hmm. how we're going to write this how we're going to draw this and yeah Let's get our get a... first fan in here and see how they feel about everything. I wish they'd shown him in a previous issue. They did. He's in issue one. Oh, was he? Okay. This is the guy he I keeps forgot. basically like signing or giving off yeah. comics to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um. have we talked about the first couple of pages here where it's basically showing like 2008? Yeah. Uh, the comparison between, you know, the writer and the artist. And their kind of approach to the comic. Or, like, their almost childhood experience. So we, we've seen a bit of the childhood. Uh, our... Shit. What's our main character? The the main dude's name? Uh, Miles. Like Miles, yeah. His graduating from college at, I don't know, 22 or whatever... And his dad being like, you can become a writer for the comics now. You can be the first college graduate at Singular Comics. He's like, no, I want to be a real writer, Dad, not these childish comics. And then you've got... I Seriously, I can't think of anybody's name from this series. Um, yeah. What's the lead? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but her it's... childhood, her parents basically divorced, and it was almost like the comics drove a wedge through the marriage, like his obsession with the comics... And uh, the mom is dropping her off for... That's, that's going to get you in the end, Josh. It already happened to it Tyler is. and Erica. Yeah. I don't know... Uh, it's going to happen to me. If, if it's all singular comics, how are you sorting them by alphabetical order? If it's just everything under, like, kind of like Marvel comics. I don't know. That's true. Because are they just I, singular I don't know if there was just... Yeah, it, I don't know if it's more than just the singular comic, like... 
There's a Marvel comic, but then there's everything else. There's detective comics, and then there's all the other series, like Superman and Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. My stuff's by publisher. Like, my DC stuff, I've got all my Infinite Frontier stuff together in alphabetical order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, like, image stuff's all in alphabetical order. But, yeah, basically, their boxes are like, oh, here's Action Comics, A to Z. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense to me. I feel like it yeah. might just be a visual game. You're going to have a lot of comics. You're not just going to have one box that has that. You're going to have more than one box that has singular in it. It's going to... I don't know. Maybe we're not seeing all the singular boxes. It's all the early... The, the stuff that goes from A to whatever letter there was um, on that page. Because Z. the one... The box below it isn't singular. It's cut off so you can't see what it says. But you can see a... P-H-E-T? Mm. Profit? Yeah, that would make sense. Um, it's probably just a visual gag chip Zdarsky's thrown in there, like, hey, this will annoy comic fans. Probably. Knowing him. Yeah. Just being a big old troll. But, uh... <clears throat> I really liked the way that this was introduced because this kind of ties into something that I think we've brought up a little bit before, you know, this illusion, this idea that comics, for whatever reason, is strictly a childish thing, for whatever reason. There is a good call-out by uh, The Sun uh, that, you know, the superhero stuff overshadows everything, and that it is a good, it's a medium, and it is something to be valued, but that there is a big issue with how the industry has been pigeonholed. Yeah. Um, I loved the mother in this. I love her in everything. She was great. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're welcome to stay with us. Knock on the door. And, oh, Sid oh, is the adult comic fan who isn't staying isn't with Isn't staying us. with us. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Um, yeah, she had so many zingers. It's like, oh, I... I hope the, um, I'm sure the office isn't that bad. The pictures were garbage. Have fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, why have they got a rape van in the family? <laughs> I think I really enjoy the fact that Muhammad is just invited into this and he gets called out about like going on message boards and he's like, it's true. I'm not even allowed to post on message boards mm-hmm. anymore. I love no, that. seriously, why why does the family have a rape van without seats with just these perfect little handles to handcuff people onto? I... You would not get in a van like that, would you? Mm-mm. No. Not I happening. mean, I maybe would. Get in, loser, you, we're going straight You own in. one. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, this is why this keeps happening to you. You need to stop. But they have candy. Yeah. Um, oh, I thought Tyler this, owned the van. We get this great scene of the um, Stanley, Bill, uh, Bob Jerry. Kane of this. I, I'm, re- I'm looking at it right now. Jerry, whatever. He's just being a jerk off Jerry. Yeah, That's Jerry it. Jasper. Okay. Um, and he's uh, he's like, well, if if Sid's going to write his own comics, then I'm going to write Singular again. Yeah, and, I'm going to write Domain. Um, I'm taking over the Domain again. My triumphant return to the title. Fans will eat it up. And he's got a board next to him 
quarter two event, oh. Captain General dies, General Captain back, New York City destroyed, Canada gone, evil, I don't know, dominates. Evil. And so the singular comics would be all the series. Mm. I thought singular was the name of the comic. I forgot it was called It Dominion. is, but, you know, it's DC Comics, but it's also a detective comic. Haha. Yeah, but so singular is just all the singular series. The brand, like, I don't know. Domain and everything else. Or, yeah. Anyway, sorry, yeah, I had a mental blip there. Um, but yeah, then he overhears these young interns talking about him and slagging him off behind his back. I don't know if they're interns. But, uh, um, no, they're people that work there. They're, I think they are the other yeah. writers. They're, they're talking about he took over yeah. so-and-so's office. Uh, yeah. They describe you know, it as... Yeah, have you tried rereading those old comics? Yeah, he overhears them talking about his writing, and they say it's like a ten-year-old blurts out whatever was in their head. Yeah, they <laughs> let him write our flagship book. We're probably misogyny. stuck looking for another job. Yeah, yeah. He overhears everything. Yeah, and I wonder how it's going to affect his character going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe they will finally make up. Like, oh my god, I've been a piece of shit. But yeah, so they were going to this shitty office, this shitty rundown hellhole, because it was all they could Tanya. afford. Her because... name is Tanya. Okay. The writer, the, the artist. I was like, Tanya. the office has a name? <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, because for some reason when they got the rights back, they didn't ask for more money alongside it. They just asked for only what they needed to pay off Miles' gambling debts. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you read the... Um, I don't want to see your dream the, hovel. Yeah, you read the description for listing for the office, and it's like 1,800 square feet with working cold pipe, waterfall feature from ceiling, breezy, unopenable windows, as is. Mm. Yeah. Which did make me laugh. And then, so you see that picture, and then you turn the page, and it's lovely and renovated and looks amazing. And then it turns out that um, Mohammed was a extremely wealthy man who created his own app for like trading collectibles mm-hmm. so they've really been given a good starting position better than they yeah. thought they were going to have and um, Sid sits down and just draws they it they really all. turned it around yeah. turned the whole place around yeah Sid does a little um, domain doodle and Miles and what was her name? Sorry, I don't remember. Tanya, Tanya, Miles and Tanya look at it and they're like, "That is awful. We are going to be out of a job soon." Yeah. But then um, the other son sits down and inks over it, and it doesn't look half bad. I love this so much. This is such a great series. It's not the most exciting, but it's just good character drama, and there's enough jokes in it to... Yeah. This is going to be Chip Zdarsky's masterpiece, I can tell. I hope so, honestly, because, like, when he does commit to something like this, it's some... It's incredible. You know, the way that Sex Criminals was so good was because of the synchronicity and the bouncing off (laughs) of him with Matt Fraction, and I really am just... It was a really big disappointment to see that that ended up <clears throat> falling off the way that it did. And I know that that's because of Fraction, but, you know, oh, I, I just, yeah, it just, it, it went for, 
a couple of years, had a lot of breaks. Fraction kind of wanted to do some other things, kept coming back to it. But that's it's unfortunate because it was a really great series. I I feel like Stillwater had a lot of opportunity. Yeah. And Jesus then it kind of like. Yeah. So this feels like it's what he's been putting his attention into outside of Batman. And I'm very excited about that. Oh, and Daredevil. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, if I think maybe uh, Liam Sharp, Sharp looks at uh, Chips Zdarsky and says, if Chips Zdarsky can do it, I can do this. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, Chips Zdarsky worked his way up in the writing world. He started on Howard the Duck mm. and then got a job on one of the. Um... He's done a lot of writing. Not just yeah, he did the side. He did one of the mini side series of Spider-Man, and that got a lot of acclaim. I think he won an Eisner for it at one point. He did. He won a best single issue in a series. And then he got moved up to Daredevil, which is a. He's not necessarily an A-list hero, but he's definitely the high B-list. I would say that he's one of the. If you are a serious crime writer, then a lot of people yeah. will. Then you get put on that book. Yeah, I wasn't trying to be dismissive of the character, but. No, I don't he's think not. That. He's not the levels of Spider-Man or Batman, but then, like, he worked on that and got a lot of acclaim, and then moved up from that to he does a Justice mm-hmm. League miniseries, and then he's on Batman. Um, he's someone who has really worked his way up, whereas mm-hmm. Liam Sharp just kind of went into the writing world expecting. I mean, to he's be done well other received. writing. He's like, I've done this a couple times. It should be all right to just do it on my own. Yeah, but he's done, like, the odd one-shot here and there at DC. He's written novels. Yeah, mm-hmm. but novel doesn't translate to comics. We'll see. You can't expect uh, people let, who have read novels to... Let's jump back into Domain. Uh, I wanted to talk about this last page where they realized that maybe this could work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have the Dallas Comics logo on the wall, and it looks so much like a, a kind of a variation of, like, DC Comics. Like, you've got the... A little bit, the same yeah. font. Yeah. Uh, but it's got the lightning strike through it instead of like it peeling for a C or some other uh, It's foreshadowing Miles getting access to the Speed Force. Yeah. I feel I like absolutely. It, it really does seem to be more about the relationship uh, between like Stan Lee and uh, artist at Marvel. Yeah. Uh, so I find it interesting that they're going for more of the uh, DC logo aesthetic. But maybe that's well, just. Well, I think as well it's partially Bob Kane and Bill Finger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But Jerry definitely seems to be inspired by Stanley. Yeah. Jerry yeah. Jerry is definitely not Stanley with his charisma it seems. I mean, well, Chip Zdarsky's working on Batman at the minute. That yeah. DC can't sue him for <laughs> poking fun at them whereas Marvel the thing, will go after them. I think the point is though is that it doesn't really matter if it is Stanley or if it is Bob Kane because this is such a common story yeah. to see in comics anyways and that's the heartbreaking part of it you know that we do tend to see that repeat itself over and over again so that's why this is so kind of it's a shame when, rewarding to see yeah it's a shame when one creator takes credit for another creator's work it's yeah. a shame like, when did you see what Martin- I sent you earlier about um Quentin Tarantino and Jamie Foxx stealing Django Unchained from Kanye. Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> Why do you link to just a picture and not the actual article? Because that's what he likes to do. Because I don't do want to click on the article and give it the yeah. clicks. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Alright. So this is the this is the end of the first arc. Uh, I, I don't know how much uh, Chip Zdarsky has planned for this. Uh, how long yeah, we're taking a break after this 
Yeah. Yeah, but taking a short break. Has he said anything catch, about so. how long he plans the series to be? Uh, no. It's ongoing. That's it's all ongoing as of now. Okay. Yeah. No complaints on my end. True. Cool. Shall Rate we uh, move on? Rate it. Rate it. Oh, uh, nine. Nine point two five. Eight seven five for this comic. I was expecting eight two five from Josh. Yeah, no, no it, kidding. No, I, I'll go as high as a nine. I really do like the little callouts in there, the little details. Yeah, yeah. the little uh, visual gags chip, and the yeah. Um, yeah. Shit kickers. Well, there's just repair. a lot of heart into this. There is. He's having a yeah, lot of fun with it, and it shows. It's got drama, emotion, and laughs. It's balancing the tone perfectly. Mm-hmm. He's definitely I feel like this is and not making it boring. Like a clash yeah. between folks. He's definitely making it about the family and the family working together to overcome those things. Uh, there's been a few surprises along this five-issue series so far. Uh, yeah. But I definitely appreciate the little details he still puts in there. He's having fun with it, and it shows. I was trying to describe this to somebody fairly recently, and I, I feel like the way that I keep trying to explain it is it's a comic book for people who love comic books, and that's a really loose way of explaining it, but it's kind of the same thing with like crossover. It's something that is made specifically for people who are familiar with the industry that it's, are in love yeah, with the their art. love letter to the industry. Exactly. And, you know, there's going to be some criticisms here and there, but it ultimately is, you know, a, a, like you said, a love letter. And this is made specifically for comic book fans, not somebody who's like a casual reader, somebody who's a big fan of the industry, you know? And I think that that's why this is so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, shall we move on? Yes. Yeah. Cool. The last bit of thing that we're going to do with the talk and the stuff is going to be Silvercorn 15 by Mike Walsh. This is uh, another one of his, I think it's like every five issues. He uh, does. Yeah, he did 5, 10, yeah, 15. But this has been yeah. kind of overarching since, this has been in the works since te- uh, 11 came out. Yeah. yeah and this is, right. well, Wait. this issue has been seeded since issue it, it, one technically it, it has it it links up a lot of stuff uh but i when we received issue 11 this guy was kind of in the background observing taking notes it seemed like he was documenting how the coin worked and we had met this guy at the beginning of issue one he he picked uh this coin out of the remains of the fire and I, and I think you guys too, had assumed that 12, 13, 14 would also be uh, related to this guy's story. And it seems like they went off in a different direction because we had the, the World War II story. Uh, we had the, the guy in L.A. stuck during the pandemic. And I can't remember if it was 12 or 13. I can't remember what the other story was. Uh, but none of those stories are related to this. Uh, one happened too far in the past one happened too far in the future because this is happening around uh, the late 70s early 80s I think uh, but yeah. the guy he, he picks the coin up I after. mean that would make sense yeah I don't know how much time exactly passes during this I think maybe just a year or maybe a year it's hard to say uh, we know the time period it happens because we know what t- when the book Carrie was it Carrie or Firestarter came out Carrie, I think. Carrie was the, the first one. Yeah, Carrie's reading the book. He obtains this coin. He feels a Wait, connection. Wait, what's Carrie got to do with it? Sorry. 
at the diner, the, the girl is reading Carrie. So we know oh, what okay. year this occurs yeah. in. We figured that part out. Uh, we don't exactly know how long he is using the coin to uh, exploit people, I would call it. Uh, trap yeah. people with the coin. Yeah, well, he he's and the coin come the to coin. A, He and the coin come to an understanding. He's like, I am a monster. It understands me. I understand it. It feeds, and I take the scraps. You know, he's basically, I'm a sociopath, psychopath, and I learned to... There I go, killing again. I learned to fake it, fake being human, but now now I can take the mask, I can remove my mask. And we, we just jumped through, like, five different issues showing how, you know, issues that we could have seen that Matt Walsh maybe considered doing but decided to abandon, perhaps. So he... You know, we show the uh, the diner and how that happened, and then we go and show a bunch of different other issues that could have happened. When was the first issue set? Because I got the feeling that was like the mid '80s. It was the disco era. It was the '70s. Okay, because Carrie came out in 1974. Three or four, yeah. Yeah. And it was the disco era, but they wanted to play rock and roll. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um Yeah. I thought this issue was good, but again I felt it was a little rushed. Uh I would have liked this... to see Sorry, I would have liked this to be issue twenty and to have this be more him succumbing to the coin and being corrupted by it and working for it. And then yeah. this ends with him giving the coin to his first victim. Yeah. And then like issue that. twenty really could have been more of just, a montage. Yeah. Yeah, uh, or maybe Sean, Sean, not Sean, Michael, Michael Walsh. Michael Walsh just wants to cut out the bullshit and yeah. get to the real meat of the matter. Uh, a bits of this kind of remind me of like maybe a racer head, kind of with the grotesqueness, the way he views the world. It's more about his view of the world than what the world really is. Mm. Yeah. Uh, okay. But it's the coin kind of using him, chewing him up, eating him from the it's inside. It's like the ring from Lord of the Rings. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's basically One turning into Gollum, and it's taken yeah. all of him out. I thought he had killed his wife. It turns out she's just a prisoner in the basement, which is also really weird. I don't know. Yeah. When she rips her hand off, I, I cringed pretty hard at that. Did she oh, actually yeah. rip the hand off, or did she just deglove it? No, no, no. That is she just cut the... smothered. It's it's just... Yeah. No, it, her hand's still there. It's just degloved. I don't... Uh, stop saying of... that. Stop yeah. saying it like that. I don't... I, I don't like it either. Stop it. I'm not a fan. <laughs> don't do it. She survives. Yeah, she's definitely degloved the hand. Uh, stop I it. Thought <laughs> she, she grabs the journal. She survives with the journal somehow. I don't know how the journal flies out with her. She Oh, she is carrying it. My bad. Um... She picks it up, carries it out. I'm surprised she didn't come out with the coin, but it was the kids who robbed him in issue three that end up with the coin. The joy, the robbers, yeah. joy riders. Yeah, mm. from the so, Ed Brisson issue. Yeah, so I don't know exactly what she is going to do. She just says, finally it's over, but obviously it's not over. Uh, I'm wondering if we're going to see Linda again. I think we will. I, I wonder... Uh, oh, 
the the pregnant the lady. Is, that was the that was issue thirteen or fourteen. Uh, yeah, the Johnny yeah, Christmas one. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say wonder, maybe she's going to be instrumental in destroying the coin, but then I remembered she can't be because we've got the futuristic issue from Jeff Lemire. I I feel like with the Zampatico, uh that we Zampanteco, maybe I'm thinking of. Uh, Sultan Banco is the uh, Cirque du Soleil. Stop. I'm just I'm gonna hurt you. You're... Sorry. the The issue at the casino uh, oh, seems yeah. to imply that there are multiple coins. Maybe. Yeah, I guess because it was the the pilgrim that got cursed had the little pouch of silver coins. It does seem like there's a coin out in Las Vegas. And the, I don't know if they're supposed to be El Chupacabra or something, have formed a symbiosis with the coin to uh, keep themselves uh, kind of running the place, but also feeding the coin. Uh, but I, I, I really like this issue. I do think this that, oh, you know, he could, he, he could stretch these stories out. For as long as he wanted, and it would still be good, but it seems like we've really yeah, condensed the story. They're all one shots. You've got all these different creators coming on. So what you have a flop issue once in a while because the next writer will deliver a great issue. Mm-hmm. It's one of those things that in theory, but as long as people have ideas. The artist the art I mean the artist is the one bringing in the writers and yes. he is consistently doing good art. I don't think there's been yeah. uh, a He's... bad art issue. No. He's done really well at making the art vary depending on the style of the story. Like, you had the futuristic issue, you had... It might have been the Josh Williamson issue with the video game where it looked a bit... There was one issue where it it had film grain and looked a bit like a VCR at times. Maybe the futuristic one was the the worst one art-wise. I didn't really care for that one. Maybe. Yeah, uh, but this is great. I, yeah. I really like this issue. The the kind of de- aging and kind of decomposing of our main character as he is consumed. Um, I don't know. Maybe this is supposed to be some sort of uh, uh, allegory for uh, AIDS or some other autoimmune disease where he, he's basically just. I I'm probably reaching You're there. Reaching. I'm just thinking about his whole body degrading. And kind of uh, falling apart. Something mm. that cancer, maybe cancer is a better one. He turns into an old man from just a couple of years. Like he looks old. I, my first thought was Gollum. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We we've talked about that part. It's definitely accurate. He's a shell of a former man, literally. Mm. Uh, um. We don't know exactly what happens with this. Uh, bug that ex- he basically just throws up. Whatever happens to that, the other kids basically just get out. They leave. Maybe it burns down in the fire or it's out there somewhere. Maybe. Um, but yeah, then we get to the end page and we get a little message from Michael Walsh. And he has recently welcomed a baby into the world. Yay. Why he has done that, I do not know. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's on daddy duty for a little while, so he said, 
Silvercoin will return, but they're just having a little hiatus. So that baby was born right around now. Yeah. Uh, So temporary hiatus because he's been going at this for two years. We've had he he I don't think he's maybe he's missed a month, uh, but he takes a two month break. There are two months off. There's been when uh, he goes between each five issues. He'll bring out five issues, take two months off, another five issues, two months off. So yeah. over the course of 19 or 20 months, he's come out with 15 issues. Considering he's doing all the artwork, he's basically the editor of it because he's bringing in the writers and managing yeah. the book. And he's, he's getting he's a little help with issues. colors. Yeah. He's getting help with colors. Uh, but he's doing writing, line work. Le- uh, well, he did writing for this one. The overall story he's doing writing, but this one... He did the writing, line work, lettering. Uh, Tony Marie Griffith <laughs> helps with the colors. It also says Michael Walsh, but she's credited first, so I think she did more of the colors than him. Yeah. He does have an editor. Yeah, but I feel like uh, he does... Michael Walsh, is, he's the one bringing the writers on, so he's definitely doing some of the editorial. Yeah, and it's great that he still uh, credits the original team. Ed Brisson, yeah. Jeff Lemire, Kelly Thompson, Chip Zdarsky... Uh, as the creators Even of this, though I feel like it was definitely his idea to begin with. Mm-hmm. I think they're all maybe they were all having fun with it. it, it it's yeah. a really great series. But yeah, this uh, is a great issue. We're here. We're here for whenever he comes back. You know, I think he needs more than a two month break. It's definitely hard to be a first time father. Yeah, first time mother too. I would. I I guess too. If you're if you're having the kid, it's definitely uh, a rough go. It can vary yeah. from person to person. I mean, my wife was up and running after like two weeks, a week after our uh, second kid was born. Real champ. Well, all right. But, uh, oh, yeah. So he'll need a few more months than this to get back yeah. to uh, being able to do all of this. Or he'll have a bunch of sleepless nights and he can come up with all sorts of crazy horrors. Yay. I want a Frank Miller issue. I want an Alan Moore issue. <sighs> we all do. Uh, ratings? Uh, it's up there. It's maybe an 8.75. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I like how it brought all the threads together. I don't think it was that great. Uh, I liked how it brought everything together. I liked the idea of him feeding the coin and him being responsible for a lot of this. I think it could have... I I wish it had been spaced over issue 15 and 20 and had a bit more time to breathe, but I still think it was a really Maybe. great issue. This is this was twenty six pages. I think he had uh I think there was a lot of time in here. Uh I like that there's a consistency that he's following. He's keeping track of like the coin was here at this date and here at this date. Uh the linkages that are being made between the different stories. So you can say the coin moved from here to here to here to here yeah he's definitely got the little charlie conspiracy board thing with like yes all the pins coming off of it and oh that would be great if there was somebody that we had that backup story in the first four issues 11 through 14 that there seems to be sort of like a cult following the silver coin i think it'd be great if there was like a conspiracy theorist or something that'd be a great story who's just trying to track the mystery of the coin and all the saying all of these accidents all these accidents are connected yeah that's an idea i'll write him i'll write into him hey man i'd like to be a writer never write that down 
Um, right. Anything else anyone wants to add? Nope. Not For me, it was like an eight. This is like my score. It, 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 it wasn't something I hated, but it just wasn't yeah. like, oh my god. Uh, do we want to say like the arc on its own is... I think it's hard to rate, rate the arc... Actually, maybe it's let's different see. Different from like... what I expected from issue 11. 12, 13, and 14 were very different. There's definitely have their points yeah. to it. I'm not sure which if the of the World little. War... I'm not sure if the which World of... War Two episode was really the best one, but it's still somewhat entertaining. Which of the three batches so far do you think have been the best? The so the first best. one was Zadarsky, Kelly Thompson, Jeff Lemire, and Ed Brisson. The second one was Josh Williamson, Ram V. I think they really hit their stride. I don't with remember. Issues six through ten. They were solid. I think each one has had some high highs and then a dud issue. Yeah. Uh, which one that. had the Matt Rosenberg issue? Was that a six to ten? Yeah, had to be. That wins. <laughs> All right. That one was the best one, I think. Yeah. But um, yeah, it, this series is a lot of fun. Uh, okay. Well, then I think it's time for us to pick our picks of the week. Yes. The this week. is going to be difficult. Um, GCPD Blue Wall was great, and I could easily pick it. But, honestly, I think it has to go to public domain this week. Uh, yeah. Public I, I domain say... is one of my favorite books I'm reading yeah. at the minute. Agreed. I, that is a tough one, but yeah, I think that's probably best out of the week, out of what we've seen so far. But Blue Wall is a very close second. John Ridley did great work with that, and I'm very excited to see where it goes next. I would say Sil Silver Coin is my second. Oh well. So are you going for public domain as well, Josh? Yeah. We did yes. have the James Tynion issue, which was issue 11. Yeah, that was also a good issue. That was one of um, the best. I'm torn between Public Domain and GCPD. Just be unanimous, Tyler. You don't yeah, always okay. have to be different. Yes, I do. Alright. Okay, so a unanimous yeah. pick. A unanimous pick of Public Domain yeah. number 5 by Chip Zdarsky. All right. Well, that means, Sean, yes. so take it away. So next books, we have the penultimate issue of We Only Find Them When They're Dead, number 14. It's only yes. taken them for goddamn ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, actually, this arc has had delays, I think. Yeah. My God. Um, my, my wallet's going to hurt this week. Yeah. We have Batman Beyond, uh, Batman Beyond the White Knight, number six. Yeah. Um, we have House of Slaughter, number issue? 10, which is... Uh, no, I think issue. yeah, eight. We have House mm. of Slaughter number ten, which is the um, final issue of this second arc. Oh, and Tape Rumble's back for the next arc. Uh -huh. And we've got a character called Jace. Why is every character called Jace nowadays? Jace was already established, though. Oh, he's the one from the first arc. That's yes. weird because I thought every arc was doing its different thing. Little well, did you focusing know. on a different character, Jace was the antagonist, kind of, in that. Yeah. Started out as the antagonist. It wasn't his, he wasn't the focus. 
Yeah, but, but Tate Campbell's writing sucks, so I'm not excited for that at all. Alright. Um, we have the human target. Like. We have the human target number eight. Yes. Um, yeah. And this is the Rocket Red issue. Okay. Um, we have Vanish number two, which I know two of us are very excited I'm for. I'm so One fucking of us excited for shit. this. Yawn. Yawn yourself. Um, we have the final issue of Catwoman Lonely City. Finally? How long has it been? It's been like three months. Um, six. It's been like six months. Six? It started last year. It started October 19th. Fuck. Issue two was December 21st. Issue three was April 19th. Six months. And now October 24th. Fuck me. Jesus. All right. And the description says, one of the most acclaimed Black Label series ever reaches its conclusion. I mean, Issue they're not one, wrong. One of the still, Black yeah. Label series ever. One of, one of the, the Black acclaimed. Label series. No, he was making a joke. Oh. Um, one, of the, we have one of the Black Label. A Black Label book. We have Firepower number 24, which is the end of an arc. Probably it's a shame it's not the end of the series. End of arc. When was the last time we had an issue? It's been like two months. 25, 23 came out in August. It's been two months. Okay. Um, no, I, I told you when we were we were looking up when the next issues were coming out, we have just, we haven't even had all of the, we've had just this arc this year. Issue 18 came out December 1st of last year. Issue 19 didn't come back until April. So over the course of the past <clears throat> 11 months, we've had six issues. We're about this to series is just boring break. me at this point. Maybe, yeah. Um, we have Detective Comics number 1065, which is the fourth issue of the Ram V run. Oh, is that the we have... turn? Yes. Okay. Um, we have Action Comics 1048, which is the third part of Kal-El Returns. And we have two new series starting this week. We yep. have Riddler Year One by Paul Dano, who played oh, Riddler in. It's a five issue or six issue series. Jesus. Meh. But it's every two months, it looks like. Issue oh. one, October. Issue two, December. <sighs> and there's no solicit for issue three yet. I'm so unhyped for this. Yeah. I'm very ambivalent towards it. I don't know what to think either way. The most ambivalent man in the world. And then right. one I am excited for this week. We have Damn Them All, number one, by mm -hmm. Cy Spurrier and Charlie Adlard. I am excited about that. I'm excited for Charlie Adlard. Uh, I don't know yeah. if I've read Cy anything. Cy Spurrier is really good. Yeah, I, I understand you love you love Cy. You guys never stop talking about Cy Spurrier. But yes, I don't we know do. If the funny I, thing, I don't think I would say that. The funny I wouldn't thing say that is, I, stop talking I have about read... Jesus. I have read two things by him. One of them I didn't like, and one of them I thought was fine. Okay. But I don't know if apparently I've read everything else he's written Spurrier. is good. I don't know if I've... Sorry. I don't think I've seen anything from Charlie Adler since the end of Walking Dead. He did a three-issue miniseries of a vampire storyline where they take over the Empire State Building, and it was not great, but it was fun. All right. Um, yeah, so I'll just give you a bit of information about Damn Them All. So, um, it is about an occultist for hire, and following the death of her uncle, who was an infamous magician and occult detective, mm 
The 72 devils of the Ars Goetta are mysteriously freed from their internal infernal realm. So now Ellie, this occultist, is tracking down these exiled demons and damning them back to hell. Hmm. In a suit. Not really. A, I don't know. A are you a fan of Constantine? Are you a fan of Triss? Are you a fan of, what's this, Jihad? Well, then we've got the story for you. Hey, we all liked Step by Bloody Step. We we love that story. So I, I liked it. About. I don't think I loved it. Uh, I loved it. So, whatever. Uh, we also have another number one, which is the third and final series from Mark Miller's American uh, Jesus. American Jesus please. Revelation, number one of three. Also, no. Damn Them All is a six-issue series for right now. Okay. For now. For now. Mm-hmm. For the love of God, Montresor. All right. My yeah. wallet weeps for this week. Weep, weep, weep. All right. Is there anything else? No. Uh, other than, I think that's give it. me a dollar. Give me a dollar. Cool. I need well, a dollar. I am glad that you bring that up because we have some news. Yeah. We have a dollar. We have a dollar. Do I get thirty? Which one of you cents? was it? You get it. <laughs> it was Tyler's mum. <laughs> it is listener Dave Dempsey uh, signing up for Patreon, and we want to say th- thank you, Dave, uh, for being a listener and for being a Patreon subscriber. You're going to get access to the Discord server it's a big now. Heart. And yeah, and you can also be a Patreon subscriber Dave's if you go back. to Patreon.com. <laughs> Patreon.com slash Cult of Comics. You can also go on to anchor.fm slash Cult of Comics and make your monthly contributions how, on the back. How many, However, Patreon, how many dollars has he given us? One. One whole dollar. Time's yes. up by a hundred, Dave, and then come back to us. Yes. Or don't. Just or stay with us. You can be a tier seven. You <laughs> yeah, can be a thousand dollars a month. You, please you can be our go. daddy. Cock daddy. Yeah. You know what? I'm changing that the name of the tier. Cock daddy. Ugh. Here we go. Do, 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 clickety clack, and it's cock daddy now. All right. And where was I? Oh, right. You can find us on all of the podcasting platforms, thanks to anchor.fm. You can also go to uh, patreon.com. That's where you're going to find our uh, tier system uh, for the dollar a month or higher level. You can be one of our blood boys, like Dave. Uh, yeah, and Dave. yay, Dave, baby Davey, dirty Davey, whatever it is you want to be called. Um, you can also go on to youtube.com slash cult of comics to find our uh, weekly videos uploaded every single week thanks to Sean Walsh and his incredible dedication to the craft you can also send us an email much in the same way that we just recently read uh, to the cult of comics at gmail.com for your listener questions is it questions. Dave Dempsey who also emailed us that probably I'll have to double check it's our only listener that was only Travolta. one Travolta, Travolta the, the goat, goat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, Travolta. So, uh, where was I? Oh, yes, you can also give us recommendations on things to read, uh, if you have a complaint. Uh, Honestly, any of those things. Uh, And if I can get this service uh, started up, we'll start doing listener phone calls as well. Kind of like Therapy Gecko, except uh, we'll do it live. I'll do it on my end, and then my mic can kill itself again. (laughs) Exactly. Perfect. It'll be incredible. Uh, thanks for sticking around. Thanks for checking us out. And thanks for sticking around for uh, what is now almost 80 episodes. So take care, folks. Be safe out there. Have fun. Dash. 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 Dot. 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 The three of us are in a cult.